by now in New York City there's snow on the ground and out in California the sun shines falling down and maybe down in Memphis Graceland's all in lights and in Atlanta, Georgia there's peace on earth tonight Christmas in Dixie it's snowing in the pines Merry Christmas from Dixie Kids are out of school There's magic in Motown The city's on the move In Jackson, Mississippi To Charlotte, Carolina And all across the nation it's a peaceful Christmas time Christmas in Dixie It's snowing in the pines Merry Christmas from Dixie To everyone tonight And from Fort Payne, Alabama Okay, good day. This is our Christmas part of the album, and you can play this at your Christmas parties uh, or to yourself on Christmas Eve if there's nothing else to do. Good day, eh? Yeah. In case you thought, like, I wasn't on this part. Oh, I guarantee you, you'd be on. Okay, so good day. This is the Christmas part, and we're going to tell you what to get uh, your true love for Christmas. <laughs> Look out the window. Where? <laughs> what are you doing? Snow. What? Oh, it's a great white north. And it's snowing because it's Christmas time. Hey, Hoser. What? Uh, here's a quiz. Quiz for Duck. Okay, I have my thinking toque on. Yeah, right. What are the 12 days of Christmas? Because um, figure it out, right? Christmas is when? Uh, the 25th. Right. And what's the 24th? Christmas Eve, right? That's so that's two. two. And then what's after that? Uh, 
boxing uh, wrestling day. day. No, Get boxing out. day. Yeah, yeah. That's three. I know. Then what's after that? Nothing. New Year's. Four. And what's New Year's Eve? Five. Okay. Where do you get 12? Uh, there's two Saturdays and Sundays in there. That's four. That's nine. And three other days, which I believe are the mystery days. Oh. Okay, now, this is our Christmas song. In case you don't know what to get somebody for Christmas. There's lots of ideas in here, so listen and don't get stuck. Okay. By the way, that's me on the organ. You start. Okay. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a beer. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtlenecks and a beer. Okay, good. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French toast, two turtlenecks and a beer. Okay, that should be more there, right? Where? On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Four pounds of back bacon. Three French toast. Two turtlenecks. And a beer in a tree. See, oh, yeah. The fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five golden toques. Four pounds of back bacon. Three French toast. Two turtlenecks. And a beer in a tree. Okay, on the sixth to go. Christmas, my true love gave to me six packs of two for five golden toques. Four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. Okay. okay. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven packs of smoke. Yeah. Oh, six packs of two for five golden toques, four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. I keep okay. This should just be the two days of Christmas. It's too hard for us. Um, go hoser. Oh, the eighth day when the jeweler gave to me eight comic books, seven eight packs of smokes, six packs of two for five. And a beer. Yeah, that beer is empty. Okay, day uh, 12. Good day, and welcome to day 12. Yeah. Golden Tooth. Four pounds of bagging, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a dream. Where did you learn to do that? Uh, albums? Of So, like, that's our song. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And good day. Good day, everybody. Happy, happy New Year. Love. <laughs> the Arnie State Show. It's filthy as hell. That is bona fide badass. Hit it, Listen up, ass face. Ass, ass face. You're getting some ass. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Call 775-357-FANS or 775-376-EZEZ. I'm going to slit somebody open like a fish and drink their blood. That's what I'm going to drink. And then I'm going to come back and light you on fire. I'm going to light you all on fire. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go buy a fucking pickup truck and a quarter rope, and I'm going to string around all three of your fucking necks and then drive around town dragging you. That's what I'm going to fucking do. Happy holidays, everybody. It is the Christmas show, the last show of the calendar year, and welcome to it. It is going to be a fun time today on the show. I promise you that. 
Got some regular stories to start the show off with. And then uh, my dear friend Kirby Moss is going to be uh, joining the show. And we'll have a, a good back and forth about the good old days of broadcasting and everything that Kirby has done. But before we can start, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, crazy. can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Now, now, now listen here. Listen here. Yesterday on the show. Oh, my God. This is so insane. This is the most insane thing that's happened in about a year. On the show yesterday, I did the predictions for 2023 along with V-Coop. And V-Coop had a prediction that said, inspired by the film Cocaine Bear, Someone will give an animal narcotics leading to the deadliest zoo attack in history. Ladies and gentlemen, he was almost Betty Whited. That's right. Last year, I predicted that Betty White would die in 2022, and she died on the last day of 2021. A zookeeper at the Jacksonville Zoo, and let's recall... V-Coop also said it would happen in Florida. (laughs) A zookeeper at the Jacksonville Zoo and Gardens was attacked by a bear and had to be taken to the hospital. According to the zoo, the bear named Johnny. Really? That's probably why he attacked you, because you named him Johnny. Staff members arrived on the scene within seconds, and a lethal weapon team was forced to shoot the bear. Johnny, a five-year-old American black bear, died as a result of the shooting. The zoo is investigating how the bear managed to escape its enclosure. And yes, oh yes, this can't, please let this be real. Please let this be real. Please, please, please let this be real. Tonight, a zookeeper attacked by a bear is expected to survive. She suffered lacerations to her back, her thighs, and Uh head. According to a police report, News for Jax has obtained the bear Uh had to be shot and killed. We want to warn you, some of the details revealed in the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office report are disturbing. I didn't see this before. Live from the zoo. And Ann, the JSO report answers a lot of questions, though, about what happened. Oh, man. I'm getting tingly. And learned in this report today that I don't care what you have to say, lady. Let's get the to the video. Happened. The zoo is back open today as FWC and OSHA investigations are underway, and there are quite a lot of people lined up to go into zoo lights tonight. Oh, hell yeah, they want to see a dead bear. to the hospital last night after a bear attack left her with many lacerations to her back, thighs, and head, according to police. Last night, a spokesperson for the zoo said the bear was a five-year-old black bear named Johnny, who had been with the zoo since 2017. These videos were taken in 2020 at the zoo, which was home to two black bears. In a JSO report released today, police said the bear came out of an opened gate, went directly to a zookeeper, and attacked her Wednesday evening. Here's the zoo's director of marketing last night. Oh, this is bullshit. There's no video here. Oh, boo. 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 That was a Grinch move there. Man, you get my hopes up that I'm going to see a bear attack somebody. I'm a Steven. How dare you gender me? Wow. 
So, so V Coop almost got Betty Whited yesterday in Florida. I, that is eerie. That's all I got to say. That is eerie right there, but that is awesome as hell. Damn, that's awesome. Oh, now let's get to some good mornings, shall we? Uh, let's see. Uh, first one here today was, oh, look at that. Oh, my gosh. First one here. Oh, my lucky stars. The one and only Braddy Kid. Yeah, are you cold? Woo! Yeah, yeah. We're going to get to you in just a second, little lady. Uh, we got a couple things to do first, but uh, I hope you have a spectacular day. Derek says, good morning, ass family, TGIFF. Uh, and good morning to Braddy. Hangtown Jen's in the house. She says, morning, ass family. Uh, happy Friday and Merry Christmas all well. Hey, we got to learn a little Chinese today, don't we? Uh, hell yeah, we do. How about you say, uh, I'm screwed in Chinese? I'm screwed in Chinese. 我完蛋了。我完蛋了。我完蛋了。我完蛋了。我完蛋了。我完蛋了。我完蛋了。我完蛋了。我完蛋了。我完蛋了。我完蛋了。我完蛋了。我完蛋了。我完蛋了。我完
Uh, let's see. Uh, Johnny be good. No, Johnny be good. That dad, poor damn bear. She started flirting with his ex, and then he sucker punched him. Johnny was defending her. <laughs> Alicia says, uh, "Morning, ass family. Oh, happy Christmas Eve, Eve. Justice for Johnny. Arise. Good morning to you." Nope, too hard. Oh, okay. Johnny uh, said that uh, when they shot him, one, dun, dun, dun. 68 and sunny here. Sorry, gringos. Yeah, it, it is fucking cold. Now, now let me just say this. Yesterday. Get done with the show. Okay, I, 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 when I got up yesterday morning, it was 45 degrees outside. Took trash out, no problem. I knew that this cold front was coming through. I'm, I'm not a dummy. I know it was coming through, and I know it was going to be cold. I didn't know it was going to be so windy, though, which I didn't have anything to do. I mean, this is a, this is a wrap-up part of the year, and I'm done. All I had to do yesterday was go to Bucky's. That's all I had to do. Yesterday was Copenhagen Day. That is, is it all we had planned is a uh, good old... Bucky, Bucky, Bucky. Bucky, yay. Bucky. Bucky, yay. Let's try. Bucky, Bucky, Bucky. <sighs> but Bucky's was pushed way to the side yesterday. Because when, when, when I got done with the show, <clears throat> there was all kind of hullabaloo going on in the house. Uh, you know what? You know, you know what? Like, we 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 should do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um. So so the the bratty one. She just got done with work. And she's talking about how cold it is outside. And I've noticed it has dropped down to about 22 degrees. So it's dropped 20 degrees since I've been up. And um, I was like, okay, yeah, so it's pretty cold out there. And she says, well, we have to wrap up the roses. Because the roses out front, they, they can't handle the, 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 the wind and the cold, so you got to wrap them up, right? And you have to use this really awesome flimsy paper or, like, like netting kind of shit. And, and, and then you have to stake it down into the ground. We, had, we, we, we only have, I don't know. 18 plants out there. So the first time I go out there yesterday, I'm equipped in what I was going to wear to Bucky's. Because I was going to be in the truck. Shorts, sandals, and a hoodie. Yeah, I walked out there for about two and a half minutes and said, fuck you, it's cold. Then I went inside. He said, okay, let's get a better plan on. Put some shoes on. Okay, shoes are on. Now I'm good. Still got the, the shorts on. I could care less about that. I need to get another, you know, something to, to hold the hat on. And I need gloves, but I don't have gloves. 
Oh, well, you can't just buy new roses. No, this is quite an investment. So I, I, I think on my feet. Think on my feet. Because that's what I do. I said, you know what? I got a pair. Of, I, I got golf gloves. In my golf bag. So the MacGyver in me turned one inside out to where I'd have two gloves. Very useful in that situation. The problem is that when the wind is constantly blowing and it's 18 degrees outside, it's like you're working in one-degree weather. Oh, and did I mention that the wind was blowing and that the, the wrapping shit is very flimsy? Needless to say, it was about a two-hour endeavor. Not all outside. I will not say we were always outside. But it got done. Right before pneumonia could set in, it got done. And I, I, I really wanted to think to myself, you know, we knew the weather was going to be really, really, really cold this week. Couldn't we have done this like on Sunday when it was like, I don't know, 60? But I didn't really say anything. I just, I, 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 I did my, 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 my deed, and I, I, I did it. We got it done. Now, now before we move on, oh, well, no, wrong one. That, no, sorry, Mage, I know you get this one. Sorry, that was the wrong one. Morning, Arnie and ass family. I'm outside digging my car out of Mixler, working great on the cell phone. It's min- minus 14 here. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, my friend. Holy shit. Yeah. What is going on with this thing up here today? Um, so we get done. I'm exhausted. I'm out there. Yeah, I, I, I can't. We, we, we had to make a trip to the, uh, the hardware store to get more steaks. So I came home. I put on my overalls. I got my overalls on over my shorts and over my hoodie. I got shoes on. I'm on the ground. I got these inside-out golf gloves on. We're posting these things. We get done. I thaw out. I'm like, okay. Go to Bucky's. Oh, wait. Hold on. You you, got to do this whenever you play Bucky's. Bucky, Bucky, Bucky. Yeah. Bucky's, yay. Bucky's. Bucky's, yay. Bucky, Bucky, Bucky. Um. Yeah, yeah, you got to do it with a smile on your face. I did not have a smile on my face yesterday. Um, so, so we get back from Bucky's. I get some food. Um, I'm sort of relaxing, but I'm not because now the spawn has started a project right in the middle of the living room. Now. Now I have to say that this is this is truly this is wonderful. This this wonderful I I don't know it's something I guess a, a cabinet or or a, a a little a shelving unit or something you can put in the room. It's got a little, you, you got to put all this stuff together, right? Well, um, she started it and got like a piece and a half done. I said, okay, because this is the thing. 
I, I am the buffer here because Brad Kid does work really hard and, and she works with real idiots at her job. And when she comes home, I want her to relax. I want her to take it easy. But I know that she would have started to put this all together. And then that would have been just mayhem. So, of course, I said, I'll build it. Now, if you know me at all, you know that I can't build shit. (laughs) I don't know anything about flowers, so don't even try. Mmm. Um, so this, this, whatever duvet, I don't know what the hell it is. We got to put it, we're, we're putting it together. Well, I have to go back a little bit in time because, um, the, uh, the, the donor, the donor, when he was here living here, the donor, uh, used our drill and lost the Phillips head attachment. That's right. You know, not an important one. Just the Phillips head one. So I start to to work on this, and we're having to use a regular Phillips head screwdriver. And look, like I said, I'm not a builder of things, so I could get... I don't like that. So Braddy Kid was nice, and she went out, and she got me a, a, a new one. A new drill bit, or whatever, fucking Phillips head, and it was go time then. Now, we put it together. It, it, there's a couple pieces that are wrong, and I know that I did it wrong, and I'm so sorry, but it's built. I had to do that. Yeah. I, I, I was like, oh, good Lord. I was like, man, this is, what it, this is what it's like to be a regular. I mean, just, oh, no, uh-uh, no, I don't want any of this. Get away. Roscoe and I did have a, a a good chat yesterday afternoon, but good God. Last few years, Arnie's a changed man, fucking loving wrapping roses, building furniture, watching babies. Yes, I don't know what's happened to me. Uh-uh. No, this is this is terrible. I'm gonna go I'm gonna have to go out and commit a fucking felony. That's what I'm gonna have to do. Oh my gosh. Now, speaking of this weather, if y'all are traveling this holiday season, I wish you luck. Uh, More than uh, 13,000 flights have been canceled and delayed, as they are calling this the once-in-a-generation snowpocalypse. Come on. Really? Oh, wait. Hold on. You're calling the wrong phone. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. Yes, dear. I know you told me I wasn't allowed to call in, but I just wanted to point out, y'all heard him say that when I'm done with work, he wants me to come home and relax. So he sent me out in negative 13 degree weather to get a drill bit. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, I did. I did. I did send her out in that. I I fully admit that, that I did that. Um, yeah, so if you are going out there and, and traveling, uh, let's see, New York, Kentucky, Missouri, Oklahoma, Georgia, and North Carolina have called state emergencies. 
not two big airports, but Chicago and Denver will be the worst affected. Two of the major, major airlines in the United States, or, or at least hubs. Uh, in other states like Denver and Wyoming, it's already started to snow. We, we, we have Mage who lives up there in Colorado. He dug himself out. Uh, he's going to have to go hardcore this week and steal some nose spray tucked in a case of Dr. Pepper. Yes. Oh, yeah. Amen to that. No, I'll go. I'll one up you. I can. I bet you I can still find me a grocery store or, or someplace that sells, sells razor blades and they ain't locked up. Boy, that one is that. Oklahoma is still cold. Texas is cold as hell, too. I'm tired of it. I'm ready for summertime to come back. Now, like I said, the, the, today's show is going to be a whole lot of lighthearted stuff. Not, not too much thoughtful stuff. Uh, maybe a little bit. I mean, we got to talk about this because this is... I, I've explained this a number of times, and I'll do it one more time. Alicia sent me this story about the United States women's soccer team. And yesterday, the House has passed a bill that ensures equal compensation for U.S. women competing in international events. A piece of legislation that came out of the U.S. women's soccer team, a long battle to be paid as much as the men. Got to take the dip out of my mouth to talk about this. There was a speech on the House floor yesterday from uh, Senator uh, Maria Cantwell, who co-sponsored the bill with Senator Shelley Moore uh, Capillo. And it says, I want to thank heroes like Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan who brought the case against U.S. soccer. How about we not throw the word heroes around so much? Now, let me state what I know for fact when it comes to payment on a national team. Both the Women's World Cup and the Men's World Cup are governed by FIFA or FIFA, whatever you want to call it, okay? Now, now see, I had to learn this shit about soccer about this. So do, do, you, really, do you really understand the, the, the anger and vitriol that you're bringing out in me? Because A, I'm talking about girls' sports, and B, I'm talking about soccer. In the last recorded data, the women's soccer team actually receives a higher percentage of a piece of a pie. Now, this pie is where all the money for all the teams in the world 
get their funding. Places like Ghana. Other places like Rio. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rio. Brazil. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. They all get this money too. See, see, FIFA has all this money, and it's divvied up in a pie. Now, where does FIFA get that money? That's a great question. They get it from sponsors, and they get it from ticket sales, and they get it from all this TV revenue and stuff, right? Now, now, here's the problem. The women's part of the pie that they've worked very hard to get, the pie is smaller. The pie is not as big as the men's pie. But we'll get to, we'll get to the men's pie here in a second. Okay. The woman's pie is is a small, small to medium. Now the U.S. women's team get a higher percentage of that small to medium pie than the men do of the large large pie. Now let's go over. Let's let, let's shimmy over to the men's side. Now, this isn't sexism. This, this is pure numbers. Pure numbers. FIFA, FIFA, whatever the fuck you want to call it, who governs over the men's side. The World Cup that just happened in, in Qatar. Now, to say it's bigger than the Women's World Cup... No offense, and, and, and I'm not putting women down. This would be, the Women's World Cup would be like the, I, I, I'll give you credit, the, the, the state of Texas high school football championships. The Men's World Cup is the Super Bowl. And bigger than the Super Bowl. It's the World Cup. It's why Jerry Jones is doing $300 million in renovations to Cowboy Stadium. Now that is about 10 times the size of the women's pie. Why? Because the world is sexist. Because life isn't fair. Because cry me a fucking river. It's because fans, they prefer men's soccer over women's soccer. So be it. Is that a crime? I know in today's world it is. It's sexism. It's bigotry. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, toxic masculinity. It's also the truth. And I've said one thing on this show. I will always tell you the truth on this show. It's the truth. So now, with this bill passing, Megan Rapinoe, the hero, wants to get paid the same as somebody we can't name on the men's soccer team because they suck, but they make more money because their pie is bigger. Um, where are we getting this money from? Are the men going to have to give it up? Because they already don't receive as big as a percentage of the pie as the women do in the Women's Cup. 
So they have to give up more of their small percentage of the ginormous cup so the women can feel equal. Um, let's see. I haven't had a small woman's pie since I've been married. You did say pie, right? Of course women get more pieces of pie. It's their, their pie. Um, it sucks because the women's USA team outperforms on the field in representing the U.S. versus the men's team. The women are fun to watch because they mean with their fouls, and the men are a bunch of wrinkled wieners in the cold. Oh, yeah, I pay them in crypto. <laughs> oh, we got a story about that fat fuck, too. I'm not saying at all that the women's soccer team, the women's national team, doesn't deserve... Look, I'll, I'll say it right now. Yeah, they should get paid more than the fucking men because they're better. I tell you what. I tell you what we'll do. I say they're better. But are they? How about this? We have a match. We set up a pitch somewhere in America. Have to be in the South because we're all misogynistic and fucking toxically masculine here, baby. And I'm proud to say it. How about we have a little match? We get the United States women's team on one side of the pitch. And then the United States men's team on the other. Now, here are the stakes. If the women win, they receive everything they're asking for, and nobody can say a goddamn thing. If they lose, everything stays the same, and you shut up. Now, now I'll even give you a caveat here, and this is going... Here's, hey, everybody, real quick, if you can't hear the misogyny, listen up. If the ladies score, we will give them a percentage of the men's. A percentage, if they can score. This is going to be a route. I'm sorry, but... But it is. Oh, Alicia, it is an attack on capitalism. I mean, this is just the way it works. This is them saying, we play the same. This, mark my words, this will lead to somehow the WNBA and the, the LPGA saying the same thing. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I want, I, want, I want you to justify why a woman's league player, and, and, and not say because she's playing the same sport, because she's not playing the same sport. It's a different sport. They can't average more than 2,500 people to a game, and that's a league number. 2,500 people to a game, and you're paying some people like $500,000 a year to play? You can't afford that. And that's why the NBA subsidizes the WNBA. 
And why do they do that? Because women's sports matter. I said it. I'm not a fan of them. But I understand it. I understand what it's there for. I understand that there are young girls out there who are very athletic and they don't know what to do with their life. And now they have some sort of role model to look up to to where they can play their great what they're great at and get paid for. I have no problem with that. They're not on the same level. But I get it. But you have to be honest in the argument here. The women's team gets paid exactly what the women's team earns. Now, how about this? How about we see some, uh, some of the, uh, the ad money that the women's team gets uh, per player, like players like Megan Rapinoe and other players like Hope Solo? Aside from Landon Donovan, can anybody name a U.S. soccer player? Eh, time. Yeah. Mage, I remember that. The Australian uh, women's team played against a junior high team of boys. I remember seeing Pierce Morgan fucking report on that. And I tell you, I starting to like Pierce Morgan again. Piers Morgan is that fucking toxic Brit that I like. Man, oh, man. And it was something like 16 to nothing. Um, Scott, I think that happened one time. Yeah. Oh, it was, that was funny. I can name the whole team, but I'm one of those weird soccer fans. Okay. And, and, and you know what, Stinkfist? That's okay because this is the other thing. No matter how much, and people really hate when I say this, but, but it's true. No matter how many World Cups people watch, no matter how entertaining the World Cup was, and I'll say this right now, the, the finals of this year's World Cup, watching Lionel Messi win the World Cup, that was pretty fucking cool. You know the other part of the cool part of that is? That fucking dick cheese fuckface. I'm in a mood today. Salt Bay, you know, the asshole who does the fucking salt over his elbow. The, the, this fella, he, he's got a restaurant here in Dallas. And, and, and Napoleon. Anyway, this, this dick fucking cheese charges like $1,000 for a piece of meat. Now, let me tell you this right now. Ain't no rancher getting $1,000 a fucking pound for a damn herd. And this guy has the audacity to charge $1,000 for a steak. Well, this bitch was at the finals of the World Cup because I guess he is. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure, but I guess he is from Argentina. Don't cry for me, Argentina. The truth is I never left you. All through my wild days, my mad existence. I kept my promise. Yeah, they kept his promise. Don't keep your distance. Hey, Lionel Messi, greatest soccer player probably in my lifetime. I don't know. I mean, I well, I did live from Pele, so. What is Dick Cheese Fuckface is this? Uh, th- this is the guy who owns the uh, Salt Bay restaurants, the guy who sprinkles the salt over his elbow. 
Well, somehow he worked his way onto the field after the World Cup. And he's up there, and he's trying to get a selfie with Lionel Messi. I mean, somebody's let him down on the field. I don't know what, what them people in Qatar are doing. But he's down there, right, pinstripe suit. And then he grabs the World Cup. And I'm like, uh, you, you, all, all these people around the world are like, because <gasps> the unwritten rule is only people that have won the World Cup and actual foreign dignitaries can touch the World Cup. And this motherfucker is up there, and he's kissing it and pretending to pour salt on it. Well, he has now been banned. Banned! Nursik Goski will not be allowed at any, any venue when the games happen here in America. What a piece of trash. Good Lord. Uh, yeah, I believe he's Turkish, which makes the story even more bizarre. Very fucking weird. Who knocked him the fuck out? Yeah, oh, God. I mean, that's a huge no-no. I even know that. That's like walking on the fucking, you know, the 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 the, the logo in a locker room. You don't do that neither. But I, I want to say this about soccer. And, and, and it was a stink fist, and it's saying this is, you know, the greatest of his lifetime. I, look, there's about one, maybe two out of ten people that like soccer. They really like soccer and can follow it. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's their thing. Good for them. Still not growing in America. Still not, you, you ain't going to replace college football, NFL. You ain't going to replace baseball. You ain't going to replace basketball. Hell, hockey's still fucking fighting. You ain't going to get soccer. As much as you put it on, as much as you try to ram it down our throats, we ain't watching. Because it ain't our thing. That's all. No big deal. And I'm glad you have it on so much that the, the fans now that, that want to watch it can. I think that's great. But don't try. Um. Kirby and I are actually going to talk some uh, some sports here today because I do love talking sports with him. Um, oh, no, I, you know what, Swoosh? I saw that right there. I, I caught you there. Uh, what's next for soccer? Someone singing the national anthem. See, I caught that one. You, you aren't going to get me, you tricky bastard. You are not going to get me to say Adele. God damn it. Hello. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We don't want it's you. It's me. No, you'll probably cancel. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to meet No, I, I don't want to meet you, but thanks anyway, hon. Appreciate that. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Oh, you know what? Let, we we got to talk about this. Um, yeah, I want to talk about this first. You know what? When it comes to America... I love America. I love I love the cool shit we got. But when it comes to nicknames that we dole out for killing machines, we kind of suck. The Moab, the mother of all bombs. You know, that's one of ours. See, this is where we give it up to the Soviets here. 
Vladimir Putin readies the world for the most powerful Satan II nuclear missile. Now, if I were to hear that, what happened to Satan One? This is Satan Two, electric boogaloo. Well, we have the mother of all bombs. Man, give it something cool. Give it a cool name. That's a cool name. Shit, they got the they got the Merchant of Death on their side. He's handing out Satan Two nuclear bombs to people. I think it just. I was seeing this picture of Zelensky when he was in the uh, Capitol yesterday, and I saw a very interesting take on this. And and I don't know. Look, look, this is not my take. This is the take that someone had. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I understand it. There was a picture of uh, President Zelensky in his war-torn apparel that he's wearing addressing the United States Congress while um, Nancy Pelosi, and I, I, I was that Jill Biden that was next to her? I'm, I'm not sure. But they were, they were flying behind him a Ukrainian flag. And the take that I saw was this. How dare we have a foreign leader on U.S. soil Barking demands of U.S. citizens while flying their flag in our capital. Do you agree? Do you completely disagree? When they put that flag behind Zelensky last night or, or two nights ago, I, I didn't see it. I didn't watch it because I, I, I really don't care about this whole thing anymore in, in the Ukraine. Um, do you know how big his world balls got with that? That he actually did that because I'm not the only one in the world, obviously. I, and like I said, I don't necessarily agree with what the perception was on that, but I understand the take on it. You imagine if you hate America and you see a guy in the capital of America and he's flying their flag and telling Americans what to do. Whew. Well, I tell you what, that is some bad fucking optics. Uh, we were watching that, and it was a hard thing to watch, especially for the mister who's a veteran. Oh, I can imagine. And, and, and honestly, this is I, I, I can't watch this kind of stuff. He can ask, but the flag should never fly other than the U.S. flag. Andrew says, I 100% agree our economy is in shambles and the southern border is wide open, yet we're sending billions to this fucktard who can play a piano with his dick. The flag came out, only one thing should have happened, snipered bullet to the head. Um, I just, uh, when I saw that, I thought to myself, and, and, and this, is, this is the thought that you should have when it, when it comes to seeing stuff like that is, 
First of all, would another country allow that to happen with us? No, 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 no. First of all, we would never try anything like that. And there's this argument that goes back to my old, old stomping ground radio days. And there's an argument that's out there, and there's no explanation for this argument. And the argument is because that's what makes us America. Why don't we go over and just kick the living shit out of fucking everybody and say, fuck all y'all, y'all are all our bitches? Because that's not what America does. That, that, that's not. Jen says, I disagree. I think uh, they were trying to stand behind a man who's leading a country under attack. He was begging for funds, not telling uh, what's going to happen. But I also think it was a huge snub of the nose to Russia, who we gave that war uh, god guy to. We just did, hey, Russia, smack us too. And we were like, many pretend we're okay. We're not broke, and we can host another party living in a false reality. I don't, like I said, I, like, I, I don't necessarily agree with what the take was, but I, I understand it. I totally understand it. And yes, this guy builds up gigantic points around the world because he can say he did that. So, just to, look, in my opinion, well, first of all, in my opinion, I don't think this um, Ukrainian thing would have come would would have happened if if there was another man in office. Rick Blair is on Facebook flexing and talking about seizing the day. Sounds like he's getting prepared for a match. Oh, I hope so. I hope so for your sake. And I don't want I, I don't want the part for my sake though. Mm-mm, because we could have a dual thing there. Oh, that would not be good. Woo! All right. Now we gotta talk about this fucking FTX fucking fella. All right. The Satan 2 nuclear bomb. If Satan 1 didn't get you, this one will fuck your shit up. All right, good old Sam Bankman-Fried is a liar. I And, and you know what? Golly. Surprise, surprise, surprise. After claiming on numerous websites, TV shows, interviews... FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried was released on a $250 million bail after returning to the U.S. from Bahamas, even though he said he only had $100,000. Now, I'm no mathematician. Now, and, and, and if it's just bail or is it bond? Because... He either paid $250 million to get out or he paid $25 million to get out. If you bond out, you only have to pay about 10% of your bond. That's still a $25 million bond, which is still a lot more than 
Um, the disgraced financier had reclaimed to have just $100,000. The largest pre-tile amount in U.S. history, 25 times the $10 million posted by Bernie Madoff. So he actually did post $250 million. Four people, including his parents and others, vouched for him. So that's how he got money. He got money through all his, his, his parents are lawyers. And others that that others that are trusting him to tell them where the billions are. An agreement is a recognized bond signed by Bankman Fried's parents, two individuals with considerable assets. His parents, uh, let's see, have agreed to put up the equity they own in their four million dollar home, where they where he will live during his house arrest as part of bail. He's been charged with a range of fraud money, laundering charges, and allegedly stealing $1.8 billion from his crypto trading platform. Mm. His, his mother's an ugly bitch. Goddamn. That's probably why she's a good lawyer. Um, this is going to be interesting to see. He's going to live in their home while on house arrest. Well, they already have pictures of these these people's house. They already know exactly where they live. He ripped a ton of people off. Do do y'all not see when I'm putting one and one and one and one and one together? This is, uh, wow. They're just asking for something to happen. I mean, do we really think this guy's, you know what? That should have been one of my damn predictions. This guy is never going to see a trial. There is not, there is no way he sees a trial. There's too many things. There's way too many things. Here they are. Here are the two biggest things here. One, the obvious, he stole money from cartels and things like that. They're going to get him. In his Santa Barbara home, psst, cartels, he's in Santa Barbara. Or B, mommy and daddy, who have considerable assets, trust Junior to make them whole after this. Get rid of the ankle monitor and get him out of the country because they having means. I mean, honestly, look, 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 this guy has ways to get back out of this country. And he will fly to a non-extradition state where someday his parents may join him. And he will fund the rest of their life. They can no longer live in America. But who wants to live in America anymore? The uber-wealthy are moving to the the United Arab Emirates. I don't know if there's extradition laws there. 
Ain't a lot of bounty hunters that are going to fly around the world to fucking get your ass, but this guy they would. But hey, maybe he can make a deal and get diplomatic immunity. Yes, I know. I've seen way too many movies. But watch. I think when he actually receives the diplomatic immunity, that's when I retire. How much supposed mob money did he lose along with the cartels? Oh, amen. Oh, he chooses B. Uh, I choose B. Oh, I, I would choose B as well. I mean, you, you can live in the United Arab Emirates. If I, like I said, I don't know if that's an extradition site or not, but he could live there for the rest of his life, living high on the hog. They're about to, like, like over there, Saudi Arabia, they announced it, it may be happening that Cristiano Ronaldo, the second best soccer player in the world, behind Lionel Messi, who just won the World Cup, is about to sign a humongous deal with a Saudi Arabian team and then become an ambassador where his pay will only get higher. They are offering him like $83 million a year to play. So that's about to happen. You know, look, soccer's like the metric system. The rest of the world gets it. We sure as fuck don't. All right, the phone number is 775-357-FANS. Uh, the website is Arnie Radio one uh, or the, the website is ArnieRadio.com. Um, I'm about to send off a message to my man Kirby, letting him know we're going to call him here in just a second. And when we return, the one and only, my mentor of mentors, Kirby Moss, will be on next. The snow is falling. It's Christmas Eve. Presents are wrapped under the tree. Is there one for me? Only one Christmas, baby, I don't need nothing else. I only want you for Christmas, baby. Tie ribbons around yourself. Oh, tie ribbons around yourself. I ain't gonna write no letters to send nor to the pole. It's what I'm wanting this year. Saint Nick don't need to know. Let's get into the holiday spirits Honey, ho, ho, ho Ho, ho, ho I only want you for Christmas, baby I don't need nothing else I only want you 
Christmas, baby. I don't need nothing else. I only want you for Christmas, baby. Tie a ribbon around yourself. Oh, tie a ribbon around yourself.
Joining the show says, Good morning, guys. What I miss? You missed a ton. You missed so much. But that's okay because there's so much more to come. Because I'm about to call my dear friend uh, Kirby Moss here, my first mentor in, in all broadcasting. This is Kirby. Hello, Mr. Moss. This is Mr. States. <laughs> Arnie, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? I, I I'm well. Uh, this is an interview that I have longed to do for 20 plus years because Kirby, you were my original mentor. I, I was your intern. I remember. It was uh, it was 1993 when you and I met. We met at at, at Scruples, and. Uh, <laughs> I... It was the day that Jeff Horton left the University of Nevada to go to UNLV. Wow, that was a big day. It was huge, and you were new to the market at that time. Brand new, yep. From you, Grand Junction to Reno. Yeah, and uh, and and you were sitting in there, and I mean, I, I remember watching coverage all day, and it was you and Mike Galanos, who, mm-hmm. who's now, you know, fucking Captain Hot Dog over at Headline News, I guess. Um. But uh, you guys were there, and I, I bought you guys a beer, and I was like, hey, man, you know, I, I was watching you guys, and, and I asked if you wanted an intern, and you were like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> How could we resist Arnie's army? I'm, I mean, seriously, and, and we took off from there, and, and, and I was your intern in the TV department for, uh, for about six or seven months, and those were the glory days. The Cowboys won the Super Bowl when I was there. I mean, it, <laughs> fuck, it was fantastic, but... uh. 
more about you, Kirby. Kirby, what made you get into broadcasting? I just, you know, being a little boy playing Little League and AYSO soccer, just I just love sports. And, and then I love listening to Vin Scully doing the Dodgers and uh, Ron Starr doing the um, Angel games and wanted to be a play-by-play guy and ended up at the Cronkite School at Arizona State and just found my way through college, ended up doing the the first broadcast newscast called Southwinds at Arizona State University in the Cronkite School. I hosted that show with Vaisekahima, who played for the Cardinals and the Eagles. He went wow. on to be a sportscaster. And a woman named Deborah Carey, who ended up out of the business, she worked in the business, but got out. So the three of us did the first newscast for Cronkite School at Arizona State. And then uh, my story getting my first job in, in Grand Junction was something else. But that's that's where it all started. Man, oh, man. And, I, you know, I, I think about you and, and, and the, the journey that you have led because we'll, we'll get more into it because you are a very interesting cat. Uh, the one thing about you is you are you, you you. Whenever you call me, I'm like, okay, this is gonna be a good one here. Um, well, I gotta keep you on your toes. Oh, you do keep and myself you, on my toes. I mean, man, oh man. <laughs> so I remember back in the day. So so we'll go back to when we were at the TV station at, at Channel Two. Now, I don't know if you remember this or not, but you and I got in a little bit of trouble one time at um, at the Lawler Event Center. Because we had oh, remind two... me what happened. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so you would have me go and cover the games while you would cut and edit your your highlights, and and yep. real quick, you were fucking anal about that, man. Oh, oh yeah, my was. god, I hated when you had golf highlights to cut. <laughs> <laughs> I would edit the sound. Oh and... my god, it was it for like a tenth of a second you would be in there for an hour and i'm like come on and then the fucking newsroom would cut it and i'm like god oh ocd um but uh <laughs> but going back to that um we what got, happened at lawler we we uh the, that's when the wolf pack had a good basketball team when uh when mm-hmm. lynn stevens was coaching okay uh and uh and i was on press row and they didn't have much of a press row like they do now. But I remember I had taken, a, you, you sent a photog with me, and we took the news truck down there. And I guess somebody from the station, I don't know if it was you or somebody, came down to watch some of the game and parked down in the media parking. Well, I remember the you, you said, well, just make a copy of the parking pass. And we had a copy that we put in there, and it wasn't even a real oh. copy. <laughs> we got in trouble. So but that wasn't... <laughs> The, the the best one and and uh the, I'll do this one and then we'll do the OJ thing but uh you remember the bachelor party Yes The bachelor party was probably one of the greatest nights of my entire life <laughs> What what was your biggest memory of that Okay so this bachelor party I I I'm 21 at the time and I didn't realize that news people could drink like like <laughs> I didn't realize that was a thing in the news industry, but news people can drink. We're all numbed out from yeah. the depressing news. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's crazy, but I thought here I am, this you know cocky Texan. Oh yeah, I can pound bottles of Jack Daniels, but fuck. 
So uh, it was at the Hilton, which is now the Grand Sierra. Yep. And it was a weekend anchor, uh, Bill McGinty. It was his bachelor yep. party, and uh, Galanos was throwing it. <laughs> and, and we had this suite, and like all the news people from all over town were here. Like, like if a bomb went off, they couldn't do news in, in town anymore. <laughs> Everybody was there. Everybody was there, including, and this was one of my favorite memories, when uh, when uh, uh what's oh the weather guy uh Adler right uh the guy who looks like a oh Mike Alger yeah Mike Alger Mike Alger was there and he he was drinking a beer. Sitting next to the TV that was playing a porno. <laughs> and he heard the strippers talking in the other room. And he just got up and he left. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, he got up and left. And, and then, that, then, then the strippers came out and they did things that I didn't know that strippers would do at parties. But hey, okay. And then there were a few of us who decided to... Uh, Hail down some cabs mm-hmm. and uh, take a venture out to the Mustang Ranch. Oh, yeah. Now, we took two cabs out there, and this is about a 45-minute drive. Mm-hmm. And there are about eight of us. And we go in, <laughs> we go in right? And none of us have any money. The strippers have all of our money. We just want to have a drink there or whatever. Yeah. So we have a drink, and then we all pile back in the cabs, take us back to the Hilton, and and you guys go upstairs. I'm like, I gotta go home, and and, and sadly, I, I drove home. I, I know I'm bad for doing it, but but looking back, and I'll never ever forget. We got out of the cabs. Somebody said, "Oh, Lawson Fox has the tab." Oh. And Lawson Fox was the general manager of the of the TV station. Yep. I, I've never told you this last part here, Kirby, and you'll enjoy this. <laughs> Uh-oh. Before we get to the last, last, the part you're going to enjoy. Um, you called me on that Monday, and I wasn't scheduled to come in, and you called me and you said, hey, if Lawson Fox calls you, say you have no idea what he's talking about. I I just said, okay. So from what I understand, he was quite pissed off about this, right? Because this was like a $300 cab bill. Yeah. And uh, the part that you don't know is that when I was inducted into the Nevada Broadcasting Hall of Fame, Mm -hmm. I ran into Lawson Fox. He was there. He was there. And he is still upset. <laughs> <laughs> he wants his three hundred back. I swear to God, I, I, I told my I told my uh, the the person that was inducting me, I told my my GM, I told him the story, and he's laughing. And he goes, "Well, I, I know Lawson." He goes over and talks to Lawson. He comes back to me. He goes, "Yeah, I wouldn't go over there and talk to him if I were you." I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> but yeah, I mean, well, those, it, those are good memories, man. Yeah. That's fun stuff. Uh, it was it was good time. Hey, I've always had this one question for you, and I'm not yeah. calling you out for it because you had to do yeah. it. What was your makeup budget? <laughs> I don't even remember. I just knew that. Uh... The guys weren't as good as doing it as the as the women were. So, um, you know, I don't know. 
uh, maybe 50 bucks every year. Wow. Um, Man, because yeah. you guys had to cake that shit on. I can't imagine what we, it's like. In, in, yeah, in, some more than others. And uh, uh, some of us, you know, we were inconsistent with it, but <laughs> had to have it. Yeah. Um, and I, the, the other person I remember working with was Jill Miles. Oh, man. Man, I would yeah. smell her chair every time she got up. <laughs> I'll tell you an interesting story. I just found out this yesterday. I couldn't believe it. Uh, we used to go to the Reno Hilton, which is now what, Arnie? What is the, it now? Uh, the Grand city? Sierra. Okay, so Sonny Turner, uh, lead singer of the Platters, used to play the cabaret there. And uh, he would come up from Vegas. And so Sonny Turner replaced Tony Williams as the lead singer of the Platters in the late 50s and had a long run with them and, and Sonny was incredibly talented and uh, it was a lot of fun all the this old crew from the station would go over there and watch you know it would be after the 11 o'clock news so it'd be 11 30 to one or two in the morning and he had a backup singer named coco fletcher who became a good friend of mine if you know what i mean uh-huh and, and uh, so I was clicking around yesterday because I remember Sonny Turner passed away just about a year ago. He was 82. And I was curious about her. And so I start clicking around and I find Dorothea Coco Fletcher from Huntsville, Alabama. Wow. Who has become the number one impersonator of Tina Turner in the world. Wow. And That's Tina awesome. Turner Tina Turner recently sued her and Coco Fletcher won in court. Wow. Holy shit. And she's beautiful. And she, and, and, and I read a quote, the reason why Tina Turner sued her for, you know, other than all the copyrights and all the trademarks and everything is that she was just too much like me. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> she looked too much. Like wow. That's her. awesome. So, yeah, it's an interesting story. I was blown away that she's done so well, and she's she's killing it in Europe, in in all the Europe, Western European states, traveling as Tina Turner. She's just done really well. So interesting story. Wow, that's cool. Um, uh, now now, the the station went through some changes. Some people left. Galanos left. A new sports guy came in. He was kind of a dick. Nobody really liked him that much, you know, because it wasn't fun. Because Galanos was fun. Galanos, by the way, if you ever see Mike Galanos on TV, know this fact, that that man has the worst gas known to mankind. (laughs) That was his M.O., dropping bombs in edit bays. Oh, God, he was was a terrorist. (laughs) Oh, my God, that was fucking awful. And he would just laugh the entire time. Well, the thing that's interesting is Galanos got out. He got he left headline news. Um, it's I think it's been about a year, eighteen months. Oh, maybe. really? He he left on his own, um, going through some just you know personal introspection, mm-hmm. reflection on what's he going to do with his age, rest of his life, and then just within the last two or three weeks, headline news totally shut down. They totally. Um, laid off and and rearranged their whole headline news organization so wow. everybody from robin me to the you know the editor in the back room everybody's been either removed or you know put somewhere else within cnn so that network network's off the air wow i did not know that holy crap yeah wow. big news yeah. um so 
you you got to do a radio show at a uh, at, at like a former basketball coach's pizza place, and I tagged along with you, and that's where I found my love for radio, and later went on to intern for somebody else, and then you moved away, and we kind of lost contact for a long time. What mm-hmm. kind of journey did you have, Curb? I mean, I know it, but I mean, I, I think your story is so powerful and it's so moving that a lot of people should be able to hear it. Uh, thank you, Arnie. So I, uh, you know, when I got out of Arizona State, I came home to Palm Springs, California. By the way, it's sunny skies, 51 degrees, high of 73 today. I hate you. Um, I hate you. <laughs> I, I was working uh, outside yesterday in one degree temperatures. Oh, it's cold over there. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, it's coming right down to through your neighborhood. So, I uh, I sent a you know I sent a tape out. Um, I went down to the local NBC affiliate here, KMIR TV in Palm Springs, and uh, paid the director a six pack of beer to let me take the scripts of the sports guy there in town. His name's Mark Blaine. Mark's now a news anchor in Bakersfield. He's been in and out of the business, but. Mark gave me a scripts and tapes and I paid the director a six pack and made my tape and sent it off to Grand Junction, Colorado. And it was really hot outside in the summer. It was uh, mid July, late July, you know, 110 degrees. And I told myself the only way I'm going to get this job, get a phone call is I got to run the back nine holes of this golf course. I got to start getting in shape because I drank a lot of beer in college sure. and I got to start tightening up. So I went on this run on the back nine of the golf course and I told myself, I can't stop. If I stop, I'm not going to get the job. And my sister, Kimberly, who's a news anchor, morning news anchor up in Portland, she um, was in, in the house getting ready to go to her radio job. She started in radio at KPSI radio as a, as a morning news reporter, news anchor on the local radio station. And, I ran those nine holes and as I'm running, I just feel like I'm going to fall down and pass out because it's 110 and I run the whole nine and I get to my backyard and fall on the ground. And my sister comes running out yelling and screaming at me. Where were you? KJCT and Grand Junction called you. Wow. So I guess my superstition worked. Yeah. And uh, I, I called the news director, Mike Moran. He's the, man who gave me my first break the news director at kjct in grand junction he said i want to hire you as the weekend sports guy and i'm going to pay you 550 an hour so i started at five dollars and fifty cents an hour to be a weekend sports guy in grand junction colorado grand junction was great because we had the college world series uh the juco the junior college world series under Sam Saplesio, and we had um, the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference, which is even older than the Big Ten. Wow. And the Rocky Mountain has, which is now Colorado Mesa, which was Mesa State and Adams State and Fort Lewis and Colorado School of Mines and some others, but it was a great little NAIA conference. And so Grand Junction was a great place to start, and I did weekends for basically two years, um, made peanuts, uh, ate a lot of pizza, Domino's pizza and Subway to survive. <laughs> and <laughs> man, and then, oh man, the uh, broadcast world, what's that? Has, the broadcast world has changed so much. Oh man. I, uh, and then from there I got a break going over to Reno yep. at KTVN. 
loved Reno with uh, covering the Nevada Wolfpack and, and high school sports. And, you know, there's a different event, as you well know, in Reno every weekend sure. in the summer. Um, the Silver Sox came back. I think at the time the Silver Sox were maybe short season A ball or double A or something. I mean, this was before the triple A club yeah. built the ballpark. Oh, but, yeah. Um, so you were there, there. You were there even before the Reno Renegades, the hockey team. You know what? It was the Renegades, I think, came right around the time I left. I yeah. think the Renegade, yeah. So this was 90, so Grand Junction was 90 to 94, late 93. Reno was 93 to basically 96, 97. Bounced up to Salt Lake City, went to work for um, the Fox affiliate in Salt Lake, which was great. I love Salt Lake, but I was still making peanuts. Covered the Utah Jazz, University of Utah, BYU, Weber State, Utah State, all the high schools. Salt Lake City is a great market, great city, great state. And then uh, forced forced a job in uh, Phoenix. That was my dream market, getting back to Arizona State, Phoenix, close to home. Forced that job. Uh, it was a transfer from within the Fox Television Stations Incorporated Network. And that ended up being uh, just a nightmare job oh, uh, for many different reasons. Really unfortunate, but had some fun covering the Cardinals and the Suns and, uh, you know, the Mercury and the Rattlers, and mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, Chris, Chris and bank one ballpark at the time when they built the ballpark for the Diamondbacks and their oh, the Bob. season. So a lot of fun stuff there. And then uh, from Phoenix bounced over to LA as a contractor took a risk. I did uh, weekend sports for KNX radio, which had just a huge frequency. Um, love KNX radio weekend sports Worked with Chris Myers on outside the lines for Fox sports did a couple features for that show, but the contracting gig just wasn't working out. And then uh, my agent got me a job down in San Diego at the Brandy Fox affiliate uh XETV the transponder was in Mexico but the station was in San Diego did you work with Ron Burgundy (laughs) Ron Burgundy (laughs) stay classy San Diego yeah it was uh San Diego's fantastic great job pay in sunshine and covered the Chargers the Padres San Diego State University of San Diego UCSD all the high schools good market a lot of fun um a lot of crazy stuff behind the scenes in the station and that's that's when I actually was beginning to transition out of broadcast journalism. I saw the internet was going to change the industry, that the advertising dollar was going to get spread thin, the salaries weren't going to go up, they were going to stay the same or go down. So actually, before I even went to San Diego, I, I went to the local uh, junior college here in, in Palm Springs, College of the Desert, took a career test, came back, uh, coached to counselor, teacher, drill instructor, um, wanted to join the Marines, but didn't. Um, and then I, next day I was literally driving my first day on the job in San Diego, driving to the station. My first day I heard an ad on the radio, master of counseling and marriage, family and child counseling, which aligned with my career tests that I took. And I literally signed up the next day. I was in school earning my master's in counseling. And I thought to myself, I'd stay in TV full time. I'd become maybe a part time counselor, you know, sick and tired of talking at a camera all the time because it really is talking to a camera. It's not really, you know, people in front of me. Counseling would actually have people in front of me who I'm talking with. 
And so uh, I went to school for three years as I worked uh, for XCTV. And then after I earned my master's, transitioned out of TV, uh, came home to Palm Springs, did afternoon drive on country radio, which was one of my favorite gigs. Loved country radio, did that for about a year. Did did, did you use your real name or did you use a shitty uh, DJ you know, name? They, I did use my real name, okay, but they, you know, they, they wanted to call me, you know, Cowboy Kirby or oh, you know, Kirby Cowboy. Man, oh man, yeah. if you would have done that and I found out about that, I would have <laughs> I would have had your ass. I uh, know, I kept my name. But then from there, I just I ended up having to earn my hours to get my license as a counselor. So I worked my way into addiction treatment and began working for the Betty Ford Center. And so uh, earned my hours working in addiction treatment to sit for my state boards to earn my license. So, um, you know, been out of broadcasting now 18 years. Wow. You know, it's like it's like Banner O'Reilly, who was so popular with CNN and headline and yeah. doing sports for CNN yeah. and doing big things in Los Angeles. He transitioned out also from broadcasting and became, you know, an employee in the, in the addiction treatment world. So a lot of people end up getting out. Um, I think very few get back in and it's just, it's something that once it's in our blood, it never goes away. It, it really doesn't. There, there is something about broadcasting that just, I found, you know, my love for it behind the microphone. And then, you know, I found my way to the stage and doing stand up. And I tell you what, there is, I've never had such a powerful rush as when I did stand up. It, it, it was truly amazing. And that rush is probably very similar to like a broadcast journalist being on TV, we get sick and tired of just talking to the camera. Mm-hmm. And when you're on stage as a comedian, you're talking to people. Oh, yeah. You know, you're you, getting you that connection instant... with the people. So you really see the faces yeah. and, and it's see the reactions. And feedback. that's probably where you get the, the hook. Oh, yeah. The instant feedback. I mean, it, it's right then and there. It's like what every addict looks for. And I, I mean, honestly, that's what it is. It's an addiction. Yeah. That you want that feeling again, and you will do whatever it takes. And we know as addicts that we will never feel that again, but we're going to chase uh, that high. For sure. We're going to chase sure. it, and, and there's and, nothing and, wrong with that. That's the good kind of highs to chase. Exactly. So let's be clear. You interned underneath me in Reno. Mm-hmm. And so our job, you know, when we're mentors and mentees, our job is to teach some nuts and bolts. Right. Give mm-hmm. you some nuts and bolts to lay the foundation so you could hopefully have a career and whether it's radio, TV, broadcast, journalism, whatever your content is, being a comedian. But you're the one who created it. Right. The nuts and bolts are the foundation. Mm-hmm. You're the one who created this journey of your own. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, without the nuts and bolts, I mean, you you really taught me how to be a pro. Like, there were times to goof around and, and, and be silly and stuff. But when it was go time, it was fucking go time. And yep. uh, I remember uh, what knew I, I knew I had it in me was the night of the OJ chase. I was sitting at a bar in Reno. I was at Jeremiah's Steakhouse. A friend of mine was a bartender. I was planning on getting hammered watching the uh, the Knicks and, and, and the Rockets play. Yep. And... Uh, all of a sudden, they broke broke coverage, and we didn't have cell phones and shit like that back then. And and I'm, I'm I'm sitting there, I'm drinking my beer, and I'm watching this chase. And I said, I need to be at the TV station. 
And I, I drove right there, and there you were. We're all watching everything happen. You know, we we all got the Baba Booey when, when Dan Rather got Baba Booied. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, and, and that's when I knew. I was like, holy shit, man, this is fucking, this is it right here. That that was the moment. And it, it's cool that I can remember the moment and that, that you were a major part of that. What, so what did that moment tell you? Where did you take it? I took that moment as... This is this is amazing that I can help bring this to people, that that I can share this, and that that people will want my opinion maybe on it someday, maybe. I, I but I, I just remember how cool it was, how just the moment I, you were living in the moment, you know, and the moment yeah. was you were defining the moment. The moment wasn't defining you. And that was a huge rush, man. It's just a lot of moving parts in that story and a lot of surprise, a lot of shock, a lot of amazement. Um, you know, everybody had strong opinions about it. If it doesn't fit, you must have quit. Yep. Amazingly had more power than the <laughs> truth. <laughs> so... You, you get out and you start this journey as a counselor and and then you, you do something that's so truly inspiring that it did inspire me. I, I didn't do it as much as you did, but you, you you pretty much said, okay, I have to do this now. Yeah, well, you know, what you did and what I did, it doesn't matter, you know, if – for me, it's, we did it right. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a different level of what they deserve and what they need. And the bottom line is you did it. You know, you honored your mother and your father. And I felt like I had to honor my mother and my father. Um, my mother went down for the count end of 2009. Um, she actually went down for the count at the end of 1993 as I was interviewing at KTVN, making the move from Grand Junction to Reno. So my mother went down in 93 at 54 and a half with a brain aneurysm. And she, you know, recovered 95% from that traumatic brain injury, uh, clipping the aneurysm in her left cerebral cortex. And she lived a normal life. But when we have a traumatic brain injury like that, whether it's an aneurysm or a serious stroke, we're just... 60% susceptible to have a lot more, whether it's strokes or TIAs, which are mini strokes. And so over the next 15 years, my mother suffered more mini strokes and another stroke and some unfortunate side effects from that. And at the end of 2009, my mother went down for the count. She was um, unfortunately septic and that abscess nested in her neck. And so she required a cervical laminectomy of uh, three synthetic vertebrae in her four, five, and six with two rods and 12 screws. And my mother all of a sudden no longer could walk anymore. So, but the thing is the cervical stuff was all cleaned up and cleared out and, and repaired, but we couldn't figure out why she couldn't walk anymore. And we learned later on that my mother probably suffered a uh, aneurysm on her thoracic spine. But what happened is my mother couldn't walk anymore and she could barely talk. So she became a dependent elder adult. And um, I just knew that, you know, my mother was, you know, she gave me life. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was going to give her my life. And that's what I did. I gave my mother my life because she gave me my life. And, 
So I became her registered caregiver and I took care of my mother 24 seven, 365 for 11 and a half years, which was the best decade of my life. My mother had a feeding tube, a colostomy, a catheter. I would take her to get her hair done, her nails done. I would take her to the zoo, take her to the coast to see the ocean and smell the ocean and um, take her to concerts at the McCallum Theater here at College of the Desert, take her to the show at Aguacaliente Casino for concerts and take her for one or two walks a day and keep her moving and keep her going and give her quality of life and make sure she was wanted, needed, you know, loved and cared for. Mm -hmm. And my mother thrived for 11 and a half years. And sadly, she passed away 18 months ago here at home in her own bed at the age of 82. Uh, could have lost my mom at 71, mm -hmm. but we got her to 82. So, um, you know, that required compromise, sacrifice, cutting people, places and things out of my life, whether it was getting back into broadcasting or pursuing my own business as a licensed counselor or pursuing marriage and kids and family, all that stuff put on the back burner. So um, wouldn't trade it for anything. I'd do it a hundred times if I had to. And, and it's something that I admire so much about you because it, I've said this a long time about you. You're one of the most talented people I've, I've met and I, I was lucky you, to Arnie. learn under you. And it, look, look, if you wanted to continue in the broadcast world, I could see you in a network gig right now. I mean, it, look, look. I love Peter Ducey, but I'd love Kirby Moss up there fucking <laughs> asking old John Pierre those yeah. questions. But that that and and for you then to transition out and just about to really start this second phase of your life, you have to put that on hold to do what you thought was right and what was right, obviously because it was right for you. And there are a lot of people that yeah. don't get that. And it was what inspired me when I was uh, offered the job in Reno when I found out my dad had six months left. I was like, wow. yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go to Reno. I have a job. The job's in place. It's all good. Dad lived about six months to the day to the, uh, of the, uh, when, they, when they said it. And I was thinking about it, you know, because I was thinking about you on the show this week. And mm. it's a decision that I will never, ever regret. Well, no. I admire you for taking care of your father for those six months. Um, you know, it's it's not easy. Mm -mm. Uh, you you and I both know that. I, I think we who uh, proudly and happily take care of our parents, give care give for our parents, we get something that most people don't get. And and there's just a lot of life lessons and leadership, life and love, and in uh, adult children taking care of their elderly parents. And just, mm -hmm. I'm a staunch advocate for that. Um, I would say that 99% of adult children do not take care of their parents. We, we think for some reason that somebody else is going to do that. And I learned really quickly. Mm -hmm. the, last, the last person I actually want taking care of my parents is any doctor, any nurse, any tech, any administrator, because they're overworked and they're spread thin. And my parents aren't their parents, so they're mm -hmm. not going to care for them like we do. So sure. Our, our parents deserve uh, a lot more and a lot better than what they get rather than being stuffed into a skilled nurse facility or assisted living or not moving. Oh, come us. on. I, I'm looking forward to the day I'm stuck in a state run nursing center, man. Exactly. Oh man. I'm going right. to love that shit. <laughs> Can't that wait is, for the food. Right? Oh man. I'm going to treat those orderlies so terrible. Good God <laughs> almighty. They're going to give me so much numbing medicine and I can't wait. My, my, my inner addict will come back out. Come on, hit me up, boys. I know. Uh, so, you know, 
kudos to you for what you did with your dad and then just taking risks in uh, radio and comedy and stand up and everything you've done, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's not an easy journey and, and, uh, but I'm thankful you and I have stuck together through, through a lot of it. Oh, a lot. And, and, you know, we're, you and I continue this journey on, I'm on this journey with this podcast. You're starting over again. You're doing cool shit. You know, and I, I thought maybe you, we could talk about some current news too, while 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 I have you on, because yeah. because you, my friend, and this is one of the highest compliments I can pay to anyone in that industry. You're a journalist, mm-hmm. and, and I mean that with all sincere and, and, and reverence that that word used to demands. Mm-hmm. Um. But now it's just the lies that the 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 world tells us and the the. The media just does nothing about it. What is your take on that? Well, it's uh, unfortunately, there's so many different things going on with it. Um, Number one, the education system of what people are taught, um, you know, whether it's reading, writing and arithmetic and history or just strictly broadcast journalism or journalism, what people are taught it is today, I think is different. So people are coached and trained differently. Um, obviously the media is bought and paid for by big pharma, big tech, um, big corporations to drive their agenda to, you know, I, when I was at the Cronkite school at Arizona state, I had a a professor, I forget her name, but I'll never forget what she said on stage in front of probably a hundred students. She said, the medium is the message. And so, you know, we got CNN and MSLSD and, you know, ABC, CBS, you know, all these liberal networks driving, feeding a message to millions of people. And unfortunately, with the weak co-parenting and parenting in our society today, a lot of people just aren't smart enough to think for themselves. Mm -hmm. So the medium becomes the message. And people are just believing a lot of things they're seeing on the majority of these networks, which is complete bullshit. And so, you know, it's the media has become soft. Well, you, you, you bring up the education system. I did a story this week uh, about a school district that's telling teachers to focus on emotions rather than facts. Yeah. So feelings are more important than actual facts. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm a big fan of emotional intelligence and emotions, but, you know, we have fact. We have educated opinion mm-hmm. and we have ignorant and we have ignorant opinion. And there's a lot of ignorant opinion out there. There's there's very few educated opinion in cross chat and there's very few facts being presented. Everything's manipulated, everything's projected, everything's spun. Um, you know, one of the most powerful things I've seen in the news um, recently was just a couple days ago, uh, with so much going on. Um, regarding our education, our economy, our border. Um, you know, I watched uh, one of the networks and I saw Bill O'Reilly on. I saw Bill O'Reilly on with Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo on News Nation. They're doing like. Well, Kirby, you there? Oh, no, he cut out. You there? Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, Bill O'Reilly smoked Chris Cuomo. Oh, Chris Cuomo's um, an idiot. Chris Cuomo's complete. dumb. He's, he's, he's dumb as shit. Complete. And, and O'Reilly 
just smoked them. And O'Reilly said everything that I would have said, which is Biden put his hand on the Bible inauguration day to protect our sovereign nation. Mm-hmm. And he's not doing that. No. And it, it's treason. And he should be impeached for treason. But why is he not impeached for treason? Because the Democrats, you know, rule the media and they rule the House and they rule the Senate. And, you know, there's people talking about it behind the scenes, but nobody's doing the right thing. Do you and think who's the, suffering? You think that with the with the change in the House this year that they will actually do something and go after, say, like Hunter Biden? Yes, I I think they will. I, I know they will. And they're they're going to do a lot of things. But is it going to get covered? If it doesn't get covered, well, you know, I mean, every time mm-hmm. I turn on a liberal network, they're still pounding Trump. Right? Yeah. I mean, Trump well, hasn't been in office in two years. Well, and the amazing <laughs> thing, if they're not pounding on Trump, they're pounding on Elon Musk. Because exactly. Elon Musk has opened up Twitter to all this guy. And, and I one of my favorite things I saw was Elton John says, I'm leaving Twitter now. Because I can't handle all the misinformation. What about all the misinformation for the past, I don't know, eight years? Well, the misinformation I got on Elton John just a couple weeks ago was I downloaded the Disney app into my Roku to watch Elton John's final concert of his tour at Dodger Stadium. And the biggest piece of misinformation I got watching that concert was when Elton John's husband walked out on stage with their children and they kissed each other in front of a sold out stadium. That was misinformation <laughs> that I did not want to see. Here. <laughs> you know, oh, it, um, it, it, it's amazing to see what's on television that, like, I remember back in the day, and, and, and this is just two old guys talking here. Um, back in the day when you'd see commercials and the commercials were all the same, they're all white family, you know, going to buy love seats or going to buy this or that. Now, every commercial you see is a mixed race couple or a yep. same sex couple. I mean, they went from zero to a million. It's like, whoa, they did not ease that in. It's upside down and backward. And, and that's what government is, man. We're divided. Uh, it's everybody else's fault but our own. People don't know how to take their own inventory. People don't know how to be responsible and accountable. It's everybody else's fault. And we've just been in a gridlock for, you know, a decade or two now. Mm-hmm. And it's just, we got to figure it out. And I don't even know how that happens. I, I, uh, I admire anybody who gets into city council or runs for mayor, or runs for assemblyman or Congress or Senate. It is a cutthroat, dog-eat-dog world. Uh, scary place and it shouldn't be that way we should be working together to you know pass legitimate real healthy immigration reform oh, it's, absolutely. Just, it's never it's never it's never happened <laughs> you know no, no. and, and free, free country does not mean free ticket free ride free lunch free education free health care it's not what free country is no no not, free, not by a long free, shot free, free country is we are free to go be responsible and accountable to be a productive citizen, father, mother, parent, child, sibling, worker, coworker in society. That's what free country mm-hmm. is. We're free to go do the best that we can and be responsible and accountable for it. Free isn't I'm free to blame everybody else and free to take anything and everything I want. I'm and, free to be offended at things and make sure I end people's careers and lives because it hurts my feelings. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's what's really scary also is the corporate world is so liberal now. I mean, if we say or do something and and people are out of a job and, and people can't get back in and people's credibility and reputation is dirted over the tiniest little minute things. And it's scary. Oh, it is. Believe me. I know, because that's what that's what radio did to me. I'm blackballed from radio. I can't get it. I couldn't get a job in radio if I tried even, you know, before I started this show. And it was because it was because of a few things that were said that were false about me uh, in in a smear campaign. And and that look, that's the way people want to play the game. Okay, then I just will play a different game. And that's why I went to the Internet. And that's why I'm playing this game now. You want to fuck with me here? Fuck with me here. Um, Yeah. Uh, world of sports. Um, what do you think? Uh, there's a new story in the NFL. I don't know about this one. Kind of bothers me. The NFL has agreed to a multi-year deal with Google for its Sunday ticket worth two billion dollars. So it's leaving Directv and going to YouTube. Man, well, a lot of clicks on YouTube. A lot of Google ads on YouTube. You know, Google Google absorbed YouTube many years ago. And it's just, you know, what's going to happen? How are all these companies going to pay all these big contracts to all these athletes, you know, if and when this recession becomes a depression and the economy does, you know, implode because it feels like and looks like and sounds like and smells like it's coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like, like I, I'm, I'm dumb, but this is what, I, this is so weird to me. I guess I'm just being the old man on the porch. Next week, the Cowboys play on Thursday night. And they're on this this direct TV or, or the prime network thing. And we have it. I just don't know how to use it. I mean, I, I know how to use it, but I don't really. And what what happened just watching games on, on your your TV? What 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 happened? For me, it's uh, you know, it's competition, it's uh, technology, and for me it's um, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors and distraction. Uh, I think people more than ever want and need escape, um, escape from their reality of, of what this top down government's, you know, doing to our society. It's way too much top down. Uh, we've lost bottom up. I mean, government is government and sociology, then psychology, then family systems and family systems. You know, it's like if I am responsible and accountable for myself for my marriage, for my kids and family, well, then that's going to transpire and translate into my neighborhood and then into my community and then into my city and then into my county and then into our state and then into our nation. It's a bottom-up deal. And we are so top-down now and so divided now that people are miserable. They're miserable with themselves, with their relationships, with their kids, with their families, with their jobs, with their salary. And so what do people want? They want to escape. And that, th- this is what professional sports and collegiate sports are changing. They're trying to diversify their portfolios of how they get out there to allow people to escape from their misery. Do you think the NIL deals are going to kill college football? It's I, I'm just I, I don't see a positive payoff of, of how this is going to help, um, you know, the tradition of education and college athletics, it's, it's, I think it's just disgraceful. Um, I think there was a different way and a better way um, to do things for student athletes. Um, And I I just think the realignment 
um, of how they're trying to come up with super conferences and create a playoff. I think they're doing it completely backward, upside down and dysfunctional. It's just a complete hot mess. It's a dumpster fire. It, it really is. I mean, watching the NIL deals happen, you know, look, look, I don't have anything against Deion Sanders. I think Deion Sanders did a great job bringing awareness to the HBCUs around this country. And then he, get, he gets offered a job at a really bad Power 5 school. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to have probably the number one recruiting class in the nation. And yeah. Colorado is now an actual team that we can actually talk about putting in the top 25. Well, <clears throat> okay. Um, I get it. I don't like the way he handled himself his first day there, the way he talked to the current student mm-hmm. athletes. He's not a he's not a Pac-12 or Pac-10 guy. No, he, he he's an ACC guy. He's an SEC guy. He's not he's not a West Coast guy. He's a South, you know, East Coast guy. And I, I don't think it's a fit. And in the big picture, I don't think it's going to work. And really? I don't even think I don't even think Colorado belongs in the Pac-12 personally. I think oh, they, they belong don't in the Big 12. Yeah. Oh, you're you're absolutely right about that. Hundred percent. Hundred percent on yeah. that. I mean, they got tired of getting the shit kicked out of them by Texas every year. That's why they fucking ran out. Yeah. Except and, except Chris Sims. That's and so I, I just I don't you know the the transfer portal. It, it's kind of neat and exciting in a way, but. You know, it, it's like a participation trophy. You know, somebody picks a program, they go, they're unhappy, they whine. Instead of working through that growth opportunity of how they could become a team player and make it work out best for them, okay, I'll just answer. You go into the portal and try to find a different place. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's just, you know, we're, we're we've just become way too soft, way too enabling. Um, you know, well, good. we used to be a we used to be a world of, you know, I choose my behavior. And the world chooses my consequences, right? I Mm -hmm. choose to go to Kansas University to play football. Well, okay, uh, that's my choice. Now (laughs) we reap what we sow. Yeah. Now, now it's okay. Every year I could go to the portal and transfer. It's just you know, let's put some of these coaches in the portal and get rid of them. Yeah. It's it's just um, USC UCLA leaving the Pac-12. I think is just tragic. it's you know. dumb. It, it, it's stupid. It, the, all this, the, this realignment and stuff, all of this is so dumb, and it's killing what college sports is. College sports I, is all about tradition. It's about rivalries. It's all about this, but now they've turned it into this big conglomerate, and it's Well, it's shit. about, you know, for me, it used to be, okay, I need to show up in high school. I need to get good grades in high school. If I show up, do the best I can, get good grades, maybe I could get a scholarship. And then I could go to college. I mean, I'm earning my way. I mean, that stuff is, you know, it, it doesn't have the same meaning anymore. It's Mm-mm. now it's a lot easier for, for people. It, it's more, it's more enabling. It's just not more. Um, it, there's, you know, I think there's less discipline and, oh, God, and yeah. I think, it, yeah, I think it, it and, and then even with this USC UCLA deal, I saw that um, UCLA going to the, to the big 10, now has to subsidize UC Berkeley because Berkeley is staying in the Pac-12, obviously. And now a lot of that money that UCLA is going to make, they're going to turn around and pay some of that to keep Berkeley's program playing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, Berkeley's not even in the Big Ten, but they're going to be benefiting from UCLA being in the Big Ten. It's just, it's a mess. Oh, it is. And, and okay, so uh, let's continue this dumpster fire that is college sports. Um, 
What do you think about when players opt out of a bowl game to focus on their NFL draft? Ridiculous. I mean, it should be no no decisions made until after the season. January 1st, okay, we can make decisions, right? Mm-hmm. It's we, we shouldn't be hiring coaches before January 1st. We shouldn't be, um, you know, letting these players off the hook before January 1st. You got to play in your bowl games. I mean, it, it just, it, you know, these sponsors are paying big money to sponsor these bowls. And then you get a lot of the star players opting out. And and so it it's just, it's all about the dollar. I don't want to get injured. I want to mm-hmm. get drafted. I want to get my bonus. I want to take care of my family. I get it. But you know what? It's too enabling, and well, people need to show up. And we're we're seeing it now this year for the first time in the actual playoffs. A wide receiver who is from, I believe, Rockwall, Texas, uh, my current home, has opted out of playing in that game because he got a hamstring injury early in the season. Hasn't been quite 100% all year, but has opted out, and he's one of the top receivers that Ohio State has. And he's not even playing for the bowl championship series what you play for it's a big problem it's it's maddening it's maddening yeah it is maddening and it's uh it's unfortunate and it's not you know i mean the whole the whole the whole bcs i say blow up the bcs it's you know the fcs does it right I love the I love mm-hmm. the FCS. I love how they do things. Um, but you know, money, money, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, yeah. power and control. It's all gotten in the way of how we live here and, and what we're doing today. Um, now, one of my favorite sports stories that I just can't wait to follow till the end is Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant, Mister <laughs> Relevant yes. with the San Francisco Forty. The dude has got character. He's got discipline. He's got comes from a great family. He's from Arizona, Iowa State. Nobody thought he could do. I mean, he's Drew Brees, Doug Flutie, and Fran Tarkenton all in one. And I cannot wait to watch him uh, see what he does. I mean, I'm not even a 49ers fan, but I'm a Brock Purdy fan. And that's who I'm cheering for the rest of the NFL season. Um, you know what's so funny about Brock Purdy is that he's the quarterback that brought Iowa State to relevance. He and that coach. Yeah, and, Matt Campbell. And, yeah, yeah, and for him to be Mr. Irrelevant, the last guy in the pick, that's a steal. I mean, he was a good quarterback in college. He just played at Iowa State. <clears throat> yep. Well, and Arizona and, State didn't even give him a sniff. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when Arizona State finally woke up to recruit him, it was already too late. Iowa State, on their last recruiting trip to Queen Creek, Arizona, Gilbert area, East of Chandler to go recruit Brock Purdy. They sent the entire coaching staff to his house to recruit him. He was surrounded by the entire coaching staff Mm -hmm. and he decided to go to Iowa state, Arizona state. Didn't even look at him. It's ridiculous. Yep. Um, uh, Speaking of ridiculous, I'm glad you, you can stay on for a little bit more, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, We were talking about money and, and I love talking sports with you because you bring a great perspective to things. What's happening in the world of baseball? Where's all this money coming from in baseball? <laughs> China owns us. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, who's going to give Justin Erdlander, except the Mets, this ginormous deal? He's like fucking 40 now. He's not Nolan Ryan, for God's sakes. 
And, and you, you look at the average age of, you know, how long these guys are playing and most of these guys are going to be being paid uh, two, three, four, five years, even after their prime, you know, if they're still playing. And I got a buddy from high school and college who's been umpiring high school baseball games all of his life. And he just is shakes his head that we've got major league baseball players batting 220 making millions. <laughs> Don't don't even get me started on how bad these guys are. I mean, fundamentals. There's no fundamentals in the game anymore. Um, I I'm one of my favorite sayings is bunt. Oh, just it's the lost art of baseball. It bunt. is. Turn I, the, turn square around and lay down a bunt and force. You know, in tennis we have forced errors and unforced errors. Force an error, force mm-hmm. an unforced. Just turn and bunt, and it, it's such a great piece of the game and part of the game that's been lost it it breaks my heart man that and stealing bases we don't have guys that steal bases anymore yeah go against the grain go against the grain hit and run button run steal double steal steal home plate i mean there's a little bit of that left in college baseball a little bit it's just but everybody sits waiting for the six run home run everybody just wants the fucking big ball and and i love the home run don't get me wrong but the baseball, the home run is like the hail mary. The home run is like the bomb in football. Yeah, right? it's like people want the excitement. It's like, god dang man, we're fueling just you know addiction to. Mm-hmm. Can't people just enjoy the basic foundation of what football or baseball used to be? No, it's got to be you know feed me a dopamine hit. Yeah, no, it, yeah, you know it, it's. Yeah, right? I, I look watching. I, I can still watch any baseball game more so than I can watch any football game because I still love baseball. But the art of hit, like this year, they changed the rule for next year. You can't shift anymore. What happened to guys learning how to hit the other way? You, oh. you, you know, I mean, I mean, if you got the shift on, if everybody in the infield is playing on the left side of the field and you are a right handed hitter. All you have to do is wait one-tenth of a second and swing your bat a little bit later, and you'll get a fucking hit every goddamn time. I can't even think about all these new rules that they're – I mean, they're bringing in some crazy stuff within the next year, the next few years, aren't they? Well, well, they already brought in the stupidest rule ever. So, in extra innings now, you get a runner at second base. If that runner scores, it doesn't count against the pitcher's ERA, which I don't understand how that is. This is, uh, we, we have, we have lost, <laughs> we were lost. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here laughing because that's something we'd make up in a fucking schoolyard. Why, why, why aren't there, why isn't there rioting in the streets over <laughs> what's going on at Capitol Hill and what's going on in professional collegiate sports? I, I mean, mean, it's just. No, because everybody that loves it so much, we all have jobs. We don't have time to go out and pick it and rally and do shit. We just want our yeah. sports to, like you said, escape. We, we we don't want it to be politicized. We don't want guys taking knees on the side of the field. We we want to see the game. I and and by the way, I don't like the new pussy rules in the game. I want to see football like it was played in the seventies and eighties, like men played it. The immaculate reception, Franco yep. Harris, baby. Yep. I mean, fifty years ago, I think today it happened. And, and those yep. two teams are playing this weekend. I think the NFL did a good job scheduling that game this weekend. And yeah. it's sad that Franco Harris passed away this week to where he can't enjoy the 
fiftieth celebration of it. Oh, just eerie that he didn't make it. I know. It doesn't make I mean, sense to me. Really unfortunate. But like, like watching all this and and, and seeing all this happen, it it's the demise. I don't want to say it's the demise of mankind, but it's just God. We live in such a stupid world now. You know. Well, I think it's going to take something really unfortunate and really tragic and really eye-opening and sobering for things to turn around. And I don't know what that's going to be or when that's going to be, but something's got to be. I, I, look, I, I, I hope you're right about that. Uh, I'm looking over. Oh, uh, <laughs> I got one more thing I want to talk to you about. Yeah. All right. There's a story. There's a story out of California. Um, San Bernardino County is talking about exiting from California. <laughs> the the fifth largest county, home to 2.2 million people, will move forward with a measure to explore the option of secession from the state. Now, this is why are, this is the part of the stupidity in our world that we have to stand out. We have to do this shit. It's not going to happen. Well, despite the economy in California being, you know, one of the largest in the world, larger than most countries, um, the state's hurting. The state's drier than it is in, you know, in water just as much as money. I mean, it's there's too many enabling programs. Um, there's got to be way too much collusion and embezzlement. Um, the state has been ruined by liberal politics. Um and it's it's uh you know <laughs> where it's it's uh it's just upside down and people are leaving in droves whether it's businesses or individuals or families they're leaving every day and it's the taxes uh even the laws i mean people in california it happens every day here in my hometown um, my brother goes to Lowe's, my brother goes to Home Depot, state of California, you can burglarize up to a thousand dollars and not yep. even be arrested or ticketed. Mm-hmm. And it, it's happening by every day, dozens of people go into these stores and shoplift all day long. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, you know, the homeless problem here is just really sick and sad and unfortunate. And it's just, it's people unfortunately through our education uh have been taught and coached and trained to hate the constitution hate the american flag hate the american way i mean china and other countries have infiltrated our education system our agriculture system and we've been asleep at the wheel and there's a lot of pay for play behind the scenes going on and that's why i'm saying something really unfortunate and tragic is probably going to have to happen for us to wake up and I don't know what that is or when that is, but California is a mess. I wish, I wish we would get that big earthquake and just fall into the ocean. That, <laughs> that would probably make make it a better place. Man, oh man! I, the, the, let me let me ask you the 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 most depressing question. And then I have another question that I was asked by a listener to ask you. Um, okay. Is it too late? No. Is it too late? Yeah. No. 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 Thankfully, um, it, no. It's not too late. It's uh, we're, we're entering. So if we had green, yellow, orange, red, we're we're going from 
orange to red. We're okay. kind of in that hue in between orange and red. It's not too late, but we're getting close. Okay. Yeah. I, I look, I, I can't disagree with anything that you're saying because I just look at the world and go. And, 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 and we we're, it's not too late because we do have the constitution and we do have conservative, rational, intelligent people uh, and even some judges left who, you know, get it, who understand it. Yeah. So well, we got to keep late, them in place. We're getting closer. Though. Yeah. Um, all right. So I was I was asked a question earlier. After knowing me for 30 years, would you have still hired me as an intern? Yes. OK, good. Yeah, I figured that would be that way. Yeah. In fact, I would hire you so I could be your intern. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kirby, I'm going to let you go. But I want to say uh, from the bottom of my heart, I wouldn't have gotten anywhere in the broadcasting world. Without your guidance, you are a mentor, you're a you're a brother, you're a friend. I love you, man. And uh, I hope you have a great Christmas this year, friend. I love you too, Arnie. Keep up the great work, and uh, I'm sure your viewers enjoy your show. I enjoyed being a part of it. Merry Christmas to you, and I look forward to talking to you soon. All right, pal. Take care. Bye-bye. See ya. That was my uh, original broadcast mentor, Kirby Moss. Uh, we'll take one more break. 775-357-FANS. ArnieRadio1 at gmail.com. Christmas! It's Christmas time, pretty baby And the snow is on the ground Said you better be good now, baby Wow, Santa Claus is back in town I don't got no sleigh with reindeer I don't toys on my back You gonna see me coming In a drop-top Cadillac It's Christmas time, pretty baby
drunk and dad got drunk at our Christmas party. We were drinking champagne punch and homemade eggnog. Little sister brought her new boyfriend. He was a Mexican. We didn't know what to think of him. Tell us thank Police Navidad, Police Navidad. Brother Ken brought his kids with him. The three from his first wife, Lynn. And the two identical twins from his second wife, Mary Of course it brought his new wife Kay Who talks all about AA Chain smoking while the stereo plays Noel, Noel, the first Noel Caught the turkey, turned the ball game on Mixed margaritas when the eggnog's gone Send somebody to the quick pack store We need some ice and an extension cord A can of bean dip and some dying rides A box of tampons, some Marlboro lights Hallelujah, everybody say cheese Merry Christmas from the family Drove from Harlingen. I can't remember how I'm kin to them. But when they tried to plug their motor home in, they blew our Christmas lights. Cousin David knew just what went wrong. So we all waited out on our front lawn. He threw a breaker and the lights came on, and we sang. Bloody Marys, cause we all want one. Send somebody to the stop and go. We need some celery and a can of fake snow. A bag of lemons and some diet sprites. A box of tampons, some Salem lights. Hallelujah, everybody say cheese. Merry Christmas from the family.
757-FANS or 775-376-EZEZ. I just had sex and I'm about to eat nachos! It's the greatest moment of my life! Amen. Amen. Thanks so much to Kirby for being on the show. Uh, great talking to him. Great catching up. Very inspiring guy. Love him to death. And wish him nothing but the best. Uh, we still have broadcasting to go. Last show of the uh, calendar year. Next week, I'm going to take the week off, do some uh, stand-up writing, just kind of recharge the engine. Probably not going to have my teeth in a lot. That, 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 that's a pretty good statement right there, that my teeth ain't going to be put in a whole lot next week. Um, but, yeah, I, I look forward to it. I know it sucks. Everybody, oh, what am I supposed to listen to? I, I don't know. I, I listen to old shows. You can go to arnieradio.com, download old shows that you missed back when I was really good. Now I'm just kind of good. Um, I'm 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 finding the the bottom bin of my my stories for the year here. Um, this story is funny. I wish there was video on this. White House aides reveal that Joe Biden was dropping f bombs like a champ at his staff as they struggled to get a grip on the border crisis. Oh, man. We'll deal with what we need to deal with. And- Shut up. So you and Roscoe, be, yes, me and Roscoe will be twinning next week. with our, I still have more teeth than he does. Not for long, though. Um, the president allegedly raged at his aides and said the situation made his blood boil. You, you know, look, look, look here. Look, this is, this is the best part about knowing about Joe Biden. Um, Joe Biden is old school, and he's old school racist. He Look, you, you can't deny that he's got some racism in him. And you know that those F-bombs were followed with Mexicans. Those fucking Mexicans are crossing over the board. I guarantee you. And by the way, that's not slandering them. Most of them are from Mexico. So he can call them that. But I know how like people like to get offended when you call people from Mexico Mexicans. And you go, well, what are you supposed to call them? Uh, Hispanic. Well, where, 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 his, where is Hispan? Can you please show me on a map where Hispan is? Do you think he used the term wetback during his time? Probably. The story is bullshit. He doesn't want anything to happen at the border, or he would make it happen. Well, he can't make it happen. He's not in charge. This is what I, this is what I think. I, I think Joe Biden is nothing more but a puppet. And there's somebody else who's, and, and honestly, and he has to keep this facade up to A, keep his legacy, and B, keep his son either alive or out of prison. And I do believe that Joe is paying the price. Um, and by the way, if you don't believe that about our federal government, I saw an interesting uh, story about the JFK assassination. Do you know that Jack Ruby was interviewed by a psychiatrist while he was in the Dallas uh, the jail system? About, it was about six weeks after he was visited by a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist deemed him crazy and insane. 
By the way, this, this doctor was also the head psychiatrist for the CIA. Interesting. But that wasn't released until, like, you know, recently. When is that in going to do her job? It was probably said, probably, oh, I, I, I'm telling you right now, Joe throws down some words. And they're just protecting him right now. I, I'm just telling you. When the bloom is off this rose, we are going to get so much information about this presidency. And do you know why? Because a lot of people say, no, no, you won't. We, we would have found out about presidents a long time. This will be the way that the media wins their way back into our heart. They have a golden opportunity here. Now, do I think they'll do it? Probably not. But they, uh, this would be a way that I would start trusting the media again is if these stories come out that he is this way in there and there are videos of it and maybe he's, I mean, I mean, he came out last week and says, I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. Well, there you go. You just called every Irish person fucking stupid in the world, asshole. I just want to know which lie is going to be too much. I mean, he came out last week, and this was the fucking worst one, when he awarded his his uncle or his granddaddy some kind of fucking Purple Heart. Well, they didn't have the Purple Heart in that in during then. And by the way, I don't think his granddaddy even served. So he claims his false valor for his, for Pappy. Media all knows it. It's easy to research. Nobody says anything. Shh. That's president. What's it going to take? What's it going to take? I'm just waiting because there's, there's got to be something. The bow has got to break. Uh, let's go. Brandon proved he was stupid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's go, Brandon. I'll agree. I'll agree. I don't care when it comes to the people of that age being racist. Donald Trump is racist. Poopy Joe Nancy, it should be expected. I would find it odd if someone that old wasn't racist. It it would be straight. See, thank you, Christopher. You're telling the truth. This was why I was always weirded out working with dog shit and jerk off. It was the first time I ever worked with guys my age. And I'd always worked with guys my age. I worked with Tommy at the water park, Donnie at the water park. I worked with Kirby. Kirby was a couple years older than me, but we worked together. And we all knew sports. When I met Dog and Joe, they didn't know anything about sports. They didn't know the Super Bowl. They didn't know, they, they didn't know baseball. They, they didn't know anything about sports. And I'm like, how are you this old and you don't know anything about sports? I, I, I found it very, very odd. But I, I also find it odd when somebody who's like 80 years old doesn't have the, the, if you ask them a question, you ever say the N-word and they say no, that's a fucking liar right there. Uh, when the dementia kicks in hard, Joe starts thinking he's back in the 50s throwing around every ethnic slur there is. Oh, that is so true. God almighty. And just to be a part of that once. How bad? 
Oh, this is gonna be awful. This would be this would be I, I, I think I think the good Lord could take me five seconds after this event happened. And and my life will have been complete. I wanna see Joe Biden, you know, welcoming one of these the, Maybe Cardi B, you know, because he has this weird kinship with Cardi B. He invites her to the White House. And he uses the word with the A. And he'll be like, I can say that one, right? Five seconds. That, because I will want to, I, I will want to just take it in and laugh my ass off, probably peeing myself. And then I can go. Nothing would ever top that moment. If Joe Biden were to, were to say, hey, my N-word, I used the A ending. That's okay. If you were to look at the camera and do that, Jesus Christ. That would be it. If it happened and I was driving, I would just open the door and walk out the door. It would never get funnier than that. Oh, by the way, on live television. I know I'm asking for a lot. That's a miracle. That's the Hail Mary of Hail Marys. And he'd be praised for connecting with the people. Jackie Chan said it, and he's not canceled, LOL. Then he says, I have black friends. It's okay. I, I know Obama. He gave me a pass. See, I, I carry it in my wallet. I have the N-word pass in my wallet. <laughs> he probably does have one. How great would that be if Joe really thought that? Can you imagine? Can you imagine going back in time? Hold on a second here. This is fun. This is great right here. Let, let's go. That, that, that first week, you're, you're sitting in the Oval Office, that President Barack Obama's sitting in there, and all of a sudden, here, knock on the door, and uh, come on in. There's Joe. Barack, I have a question for you. I was told by some very reliable sources that I can procure an inward pass from you. <laughs> I bet you somebody put Joe up to that. And Barack Obama, look, I'll give Barack Obama this. He was a showman. He he, he could think on his feet. No, of course, Joe. Now, what you're going to have to do is, uh, um, when I get out of office, um, I'm going to take a four-year hiatus, and then I'm going to uh, have you run for president, and... Um, Yes, I'm going to run as a shadow president. I will be making the decisions. Is that clear, Joe? Well, yeah, yeah. Can I get the pass? Because Joe's more worried about the pass than this. Then when it comes to Donald Trump running, <laughs> Joe Biden, who wasn't in the nom- he wasn't in the election at all, he gets his phone call out of nowhere. Hello, it's Joe Biden. Uh, Joe, it's me. Barack. Um... You, you, you know that pass you carry around in your wallet? Oh, yeah, Barack, I, I know it. I use it all the time. <laughs> well, uh, payments due. Uh, I'm going to need you to run for president, 
and then uh, I'm going to be the president, and you just say all the terrible things and do all the things that you do. Got me? Um, yes, sir. Okay. Very well. That's how it happened. The current situation for the United States of America is all centered around a fake and made-up inward pass. Now, I, want, I would like the Pulitzer Prize for figuring that one out. You are welcome, America. I was even raised with some racist ideology. It wasn't until I was older and I could think for myself that I learned better. Now I'm staunchly anti-racism, but I fully understand people that are racist. I usually don't hold it against them, especially if they're older than me. You know, th- th- this is the way I, I, I think about it, and, and I don't hold anything against anybody anymore. They just, I'm not a part of their life. If there's somebody who's caustic and awful, I, I don't need to be in their life. They don't need to know why. They don't need to know why at all. We can watch that skit on SNL in two weeks. Yeah, if SNL made fun of this presidency. But yes, you understand how genius that is. Uh, hey, Barack. Uh, hey, Joe. It's me, Barack. <laughs> Joe rolls down the window of the car and just starts yelling that word out the air. Holds the pass up. Can't do anything. <laughs> oh God. God love you, Joe. Joe, you racist son of a bitch. So the best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh mm-hmm. um like to be able to Yep. Oh well. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying right now. Ding 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 Arnie, that's exactly how to do it. Yeah, this this the thing I just don't understand a lot of people now maybe i do maybe i actually do and i just don't share in their enjoyment of a certain aspect of this uh the least racist people in america are white people uh most racist people is every other race facts true that five seconds after being issued the pass he looked at barry and said thanks (laughs) word um This is this is where I stand now when it when it comes to these things. Uh, pardon me. I don't care what your ideology is. If you'd like to have a discussion with me, an open discussion, where we can both have conversations, be respectful of one another in that conversation, I'll have a conversation with you all day long. If you want to get into a screaming match with me, I can out-scream you. I can out-name-call you. I can do all those things better than you. Why? Because just like my favorite wrestler of the new day, uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, I'm better than you, and you know it, when it comes to this game. Now, if it's welding, then I would never play that. If it's covering plants in frigid, below zero temperatures in the state of Texas, I am definitely not the best in the world at that. You want to get in a name-calling match with me? Boy, you better bring a sack lunch, because that's an all-day job, motherfucker. And I promise you, 
You will feel the wrath. But instead of giving, doling that wrath out, I just don't deal with those people anymore. I, I could care. Like, look, don't care about your ideology. I don't care. If you want to cut your cock off and, and call yourself a girl, hey, more power to but once it starts infringing on, I don't want to say the norm, but what is acceptable, the idea of boys playing girls' sports in high school is ludicrous and it's absurd. I'm sorry that you're not good enough for the boys' team. Uh, maybe work harder or realize that you're not an athlete. But we can't say that to them anymore because emotions are more important than facts. We just learned that, that they finally have come out and admitted this. I agree with you, Ken Dog. Don't care about your feelings. That's the third rule on this show is fuck your feelings. But that's because we live in a world that used to exist. We're having a hard time adapting to this new world. I admit it, I'm having a terrible time adapting to this new world. If somebody corrects me on a pronoun ever, I'm going to lose my shit. Just because you prefer to be called that doesn't mean I was fucking mislabeling you or anything like that. And if you give me attitude... Once again, it will be on. I'm not going to walk away from that because I think that's just stupid. Once you start to get an attitude, I don't care about it. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, including white people now American compared to every other country. America's a little bit racist, but almost every country is extremely racist by comparison. Absolutely they are. Europe, the anti-Semitism runs fucking crazy. Hello? A lot of Germans still there, a little pissed off about a little thing called World War II. I just, uh, I, 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 I see these stories and, and I hear these things, and it's just, it, it gets to be so frustrating after a while that we know... Why can't we use just simple logic to answer questions? When questions are simple yes or no questions, why do we have to go around and beat the bush? Just say yes or no. If you're guilty, you're guilty. The end. But we don't live in that world. I know. I know. I, I, I know where emotions are more important. Hey, good for you. Uh, Argentina has a 0.8% non-native population. So pretty much everybody from there is is from there. And and let let let's let's make one thing clear. I agree that America is a melting pot and we need immigrants to come to this country. Because that's what makes us America. But we need them to come here the right way. We don't need 50,000 a day storming the border. What other country gets 50,000 people storming the border in a month?
I'll wait. I'll wait so you, you guys can tell me how many people illegally go into other countries uh, like that every year. And by the way, aren't caught. And then if they if they are caught, they are they're kicked out of the country pretty much immediately. You know what wasn't racist? Top Gun Colin Maverick. We watched again last night. So amazing. We need to feel American last night. Oh yeah. Oh, that movie is America right there. That movie's fantastic. I hope it wins the Golden Globe. I really do. I don't think it will, but it should. Now, I found this this story. This story's a couple days old, and I've held on to it. Um Samuel L. Jackson shocked fans when he rang his 74th birthday on Wednesday by liking hardcore porn on Twitter. Pulp Faction Star's like tweets feeds was filled with videos from Twitter use, uh, which included a man masturbating and men and women having sex and other explicit clips. Someone tweeted, Samuel Jackson, old freaky ass, we can see your likes. By the time Jackson removed the video from his feed, he was already trending on Twitter. Um, let, let, let me ask this real quick. What's the problem? What, 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 what's the hang up here? What, 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 what's the problem? That, that a man likes hardcore porn, pornography? Is it 1954 again? Is Jerry Volwell running fucking Hustler out of business again? You can't. I'm going to go ahead and say this number right now, and I'm going to be very confident with this number. Um, My number is 98.9% of all men have watched, have seen some sort of pornography. Donald says Merry Christmas to Arnie and the Ass Family. Right back at you, Donald. He's Samuel L. motherfucking Jackson. He likes some porn. You're goddamn right he does. I mean... Enough is enough! I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane! Snakes also equal phallic symbols. Hello, he he's told us forever that he likes pornography. Shut the fuck up, fat man. This ain't none of your goddamn business. I, I'm just standing up for you, pal. I mean, I mean, I mean... I don't know what kind of porn you like. Uh, you know, single, double, I don't know. Well, I'm a mushroom cloud laying motherfucker, motherfucker. I'm super fly TNT. I'm the guns of the Navarone. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, are, do, do, you, do you like what they call fisting at all? You shut your face! If we want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet. Well, that would be a yes. That would be a resounding yes right there. Who cares if Samuel L. Jackson likes porn? I sure as hell don't. So? He's 74. He can like porn. If he was four, I'd have a problem with it. And people see this. Oh, my gosh. I can no longer like his acting skills. Really? Because he, he, he likes to watch porn? He's got a kink? You know what's so funny? You know, 
this is the funniest thing. And I didn't I didn't even mean for this to happen. I didn't mean for these two things to go together. America has an aneurysm when a legendary Hollywood actor like like Samuel L. Jackson says that he likes hardcore pornography. Oh my god, I can't believe he said that. Yet drag queens are opposing a Tennessee bill seeking to classify drag as adult cabaret and ban performance in front of children's. Why isn't it uh, deemed as a an adult cabaret thing? It is adult, right? But but we have a problem. We 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 say we need kids to see drag queens and things like that. But boy, Sam Jackson, a, a, a from what we seem, a, a, a pretty upstanding member of society, he likes pornography. We need to cancel him. I saw an interview where he gave where he called the show Outlander his wife's porn. You know, the, are, are we still not over the, the stigma of porn? I thought the 90s cleared that all up for us. Late, the late, mid to late 90s into the 2000s, the Jimmy Jameson, you know, decade. If Tennessee is doing it, shouldn't it be nationwide? I don't have a problem. Look, look. The, nobody, and I've been asking this question for the last month on this show, and nobody has told me any answers. And it's not a rhetorical question. I'm actually looking for an answer. The answer is, why do kids need to see drag shows? And I don't want to answer it with another question of, well, why do kids need to go to baseball games? I I can sit down and we can have that discussion, but you have to answer my question first. Why is it so important to have kids see drag shows? I haven't answered your question about baseball games. It's probably not even ethical porn. Most likely not. And there's a big event that happened in the wrestling world this week. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to work wrestling into this. There's a gal named Mandy Rose who was in the uh, NXT program for the WWE. To be indoctrinated early. Exactly. Um, I mean, that is the answer right there. Arise, God dang it, you're a doctor. You can't play these easy games. Of course it's to indoctrinate them, to say that this is normal and it's okay. I will say this, it is okay that a man wants to dress like a woman, if that's okay. It's not normal, though. It's okay, but it's not normal. So you have to have them both. You can't have the cake and eat it too. Because porn sites are associated with child porn and things involving children and sexual fantasies. That's the only thing I can come up with in regards to porn and people's issues with it. No, those are good issues. Those are great issues. And, and yes, a lot of that does run together. But we as a nation just still be weirded out by porn. When it's literally everywhere, when you can download it on your phone anywhere you want. 
They want to groom them into being accepting of trans and maps, yeah? You never see any dads at them kid drag shows. Hmm. No. And 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 by the way, like I, I don't have a problem with drag performers. You guys want to perform in drag? You guys go ahead and gals, do whatever the fuck you want. Why do you need kids there? I mean, that, that, that's the question you need to be asking yourself, and I'm not making any assumptions. I'm not going down that road. So before anybody fucking tries to tro- go down that road with me, I know exactly what you're saying. Yes, dear. Hey there. I have, I have to walk away. Yeah, I have a really serious question. So you know how you guys like that 18, barely 18 porn shit? Right. Would that be considered like a map? No, because those girls are all 18. But you're looking for that fetish. That's, you know, they're but they're 18. 18. But they're 18. Okay. okay, okay. No, I, I'm just it. saying they're 18. Now, if you go down that road, then you are a map. If you go, if you go one year earlier, you're a map. But eighteen is the cutoff. Okay, I was just wondering. Okay. All right, bye. Bye. And and that's the the thing. Going deeper down the conspiracy tunnel, they'd say to help with the depopulation. Yeah. Never see any day. Oh yeah. Um, I just I I want to know why it's so important for them to have kids at this show. I know what the answer is, of course. Once again, it is to indoctrinate them so they can earn, learn this and normalize it. Be the exact same as if they were trying to, you know, when a kid woke up, you speak Russian to him in the morning. And then you speak English. That would be indoctrinate. Kind of what they're doing. But yeah, Sam Jackson can look at all the damn porn that he wants. He, he's earned it. Another thing, too, that people don't want to accept because it's a big stab to the pro-choice movement, but abortion clinics are big hubs for sex slaves. If they're not pregnant, they can make more money for the Johns. Oof, boy. Oof. That's, that, man, that's gross to think about that. V. Coop told that joke yesterday. Oh, my God. But, oh, big hubs for sex. Oh, man, that they would work hand in hand. Oh, that's just so disgusting. And, yes, I know it's happening. I just don't like to think about it. Is that? I mean, honestly, that's one of those things that you sit there, and if you really want to think and think about it, yeah, that's probably true, especially in a lot of inner city areas. Oh, I just, ugh. Man, oh, man. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, all right, I read about Sam Jackson already. Is there anything else? Is there any breaking stuff happening? Reporter hit Biden's tall tales after questioning Republican shaky claims. What, who hit him up? So Peter Ducey. Uh, George Santos could be a lawmaker with many legal... What happened, Joe? Is there, is, there, is there audio of this, video? Let's see. You know, I, uh, my dad, oh. when I got elected vice president, he said, Joey, Uncle Frank fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He was not feeling very well now, not because of the Battle of the Bulge. But he said, and he won the Purple Heart. And he never received it. 
This is how stupid Joe Biden is. Nobody wins a Purple Heart. You don't win a Purple Heart, Joe. You are awarded a Purple Heart, dipshit. Come on. Oh, computers. No, I, uh, my dad, when I, not because of the Battle of Baltimore, he said, you won the Purple Heart. And you never received it. You never, he never got it. You think you could help him get it? It was surprising. So I got him the Purple Heart. He had won it in the Battle of the Bulge. And I remember he came over to the house and I came out and he said, present it to him. Okay, we had the family there. I said, Uncle Frank, you won this and I want the piece of, I don't want the damn thing. I'm serious. He said, I don't want it. I said, what's the matter, Uncle Frank? You earned it. He said, yeah, but the others died. The others died. Wow. I tell you what, Joe, it, 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 by the way, everybody uncovered the fact that that was a lie. When? when, when? It, now, there's a story that there are people out there that are calling him out on this, and rightfully so. Look, this is the one group of people. Didn't you murder already 12 of them, Joe? Didn't you already ruin 12 Christmases this year? or last year and this year, and for the rest of time for 12 Marine families? Fuck, I hadn't heard that yet. Consider me pissed as the daughter of a Purple Heart Marine. Yeah, oh, believe me, as uh, as my dad was awarded that, uh, that award, along with uh, the, the, the Silver Star and the Bronze Star, you don't win awards. Um, and Joe Biden is now valor stealing for his uncle. What a piece of shit. God. Please, somebody tell me what he's done in office yet that has mattered. Anything. Can't say he paid back college loans because, well, he didn't make that one happen. All right, two more stories, and boy, oh boy, I can't wait until the last one. The last one is maybe my hero of the year. But this guy, uh, <laughs> we have to go overseas to France. Oh, oui, oui. Oh, I am going to have fun with this because I am going to use the accent. Oh, where I'm smoking cigarettes and eating crepes. Doctors were scared out of their fucking minds over the weekend after an 88-year-old Frenchman arrived at the hospital and he had a World War I bomb stuck up his rectum. Rectum damn near killed him. Rectum hardly knew him. Holy shit! The unnamed senior citizen arrived at the hospital Saint Louis in in southern France. He arrived, sparked a bomb scare as hospital officials feared the antique explosive would detonate. However, the bomb disposal experts determined that there was little risk of the shell exploding inside the man. Holy shit, that thing is huge. 
Once it was dislodged from his rectum. Man, I should have tipped him. Doctors measured the shell at 8 inches long and 20 centimeters wide, or 2 meter, two inches wide. Good Lord. Man, oh, man. What, what are you doing as an 88-year-old? Are, are you just tired of stuff coming out of there all the time and you want to put something back? They bring in a bob-sniffing dog and a jar of peanut butter. Despite doctors uh, being understandably fearful for their safety, they uh, were able to surgically remove the object. It emerged the bomb was a collector's item from the First World World War. Doctors say, in what must have been a very painful procedure for the man, doctors were able to remove the shell after making him uh, an incision. The first thing I would do before I would even start, I'd look at him and go, what the fuck were you doing? Why do you have a bomb in your ass? V. Coop says, that would have been explosive diarrhea. Hell yes. There you go. Hey, kids, watch me make this fucking bomb disappear. So about the size of a horse stick. I mean, the transplant guy may, may get lucky after all. Here we were thinking, no fucking way. Yeah, Grandpa Jones takes it right up the bum like a champ. I mean, yeah, they're, 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 I, I didn't hear any words about lube in there or anything. Good God Almighty. All right, final story of the show and of the calendar year 2022. And you know one of my favorite things to talk about. And not just that, but everyone from Florida is stupid. Everyone from Florida is dumb. I might not be the brightest guy, but next to them my IQ's high. If they had guitars, here's how they'd strum. Make no mistake, Florida is the South's trash can. We have a problem in Florida right now, buddy. Florida wildlife officials are investigating a video. Now, now, I, I don't know if they're investigating this video to give this guy some kind of reward. But the video appears to show a man dragging a shark around a beach after he bludgeoned the animal with a hammer. Well, 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 well. Well, it seems as if the shoe is on the other fin now, isn't it, Mr. Shark? Ha, 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 ha. Oh, revenge is mine, saith the Lord. Two men were observed catching a shark while snorkeling, bringing the shark to shore, hitting the shark over the head with a hammer. 
and then dragging the shark back into the water and releasing it. Maybe, maybe the shark fucked his sister. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the, the attitude is. What, what's wrong? Well, what's wrong is that they throw it back in the water, man. Throw that thing on the damn grill. Did the shark happen to be at Paul Pelosi's house, too? Oh, let's see what you sent me here. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, you did uh, the the uh, the Raiders gal. Uh, has everybody got to see this video from the Raiders game this last week and when they won when they beat New England? This Raiders fan, she just gets all in this Patriot fan's face. And, I mean, she is a total cunt. And it's, it, it, I, it shows these young men showed great restraint not knocking this bitch out. And they're going to be rewarded handsomely. Bob Kraft has also seen the video, the owner of the New England Patriots. And he has offered to fly these two young men to New England so they can enjoy a game there. So I would say to that lady, ha-ha, fuck you, bitch. Oh, is this I? Oh, this Iowa news guy is. It's on TMZ. Is he on TMZ? Let's see. Let's see if this Iowa news guy's on TMZ. Oh, we might. We okay. Last minute audio here. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Iowa TV sports reporter pissed because of the reporting in the snow. Oh, this is great. Mark, how are you feeling out there? Uh, again, uh, the same way I felt about eight minutes ago when you asked me that same question, right? I normally do sports. Uh, everything is canceled here for the next couple of days. So what better time to ask the sports guy to come in about five hours normally uh, earlier than he would normally wake up, go stand out in the wind and the snow and the cold and tell other people not to do the same. I didn't even realize that there was a 3.30 also in the morning uh, until today. It's absolutely uh, fantastic, Ryan. You know, I I'm used to these evening shows that are only 30 minutes long, and generally on those shows, I'm inside. So uh, this is a really long show. Tune in for the next couple hours to watch me progressively get crankier and crankier. How do I get that uh, Storm Chaser 7 duty? I, I feel like Clint got the uh, better end of that deal. You know, that thing's heated. Um, the outdoors wow. currently is not heated. Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan, I've, I've got good news and, and I've got bad news. The, the good news is that I can still feel my face right now. The bad news is I kind of wish I couldn't. Can I go back to my regular job? I, I'm pretty sure, Ryan, that you guys added an extra hour to this <laughs> show just because somebody <laughs> likes torturing me because compared to two and a half hours ago, it is just getting colder and colder. Live in Waterloo for the last time this morning. Thankfully, I'm Mark Woodley. New 7 KWWL. Boy, that guy, I tell you what, that guy teetered a fine line. He teetered a fine line from being an asshole to, 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 to making it funny. I'll give it to him. That was pretty good. I hope his bosses feel the same way. Um, but back to Florida real quick. Uh, uh, police are looking for these two, I guess, to give them citizens of the year thing, placards. I'm not sure because uh, you kill a shark in my world, you're what we call a hero. 
Um, um, somebody grew up on participation trophies. Amen to that. Boy, that, that guy right there. Whew. If I'm the news director, I fire him. I got it. But you know what? Yeah, no, no, young man. Uh, real quick, I'm going to call the shots around here. You want to be a little, 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 little asshole there? Well, then I'll make you do all your reports from outside. So, yeah, that, that would that would have been nipped in the bud real quick for me. Um, it is going to do it for us today. It is going to do it for us this calendar year. Now, look, if something big happens next week, something crazy happens, of course, I will come back and I will be on the air. I will alert everybody uh, through social media and all that kind of stuff. Um, but otherwise, I am going to take next week off, kind of just unload the machine, let it go, uh, do some writing on some stand-up and do all that kind of stuff and enjoy some days off, but I will be back, I promise I will be back uh, for the beginning of 2023, I hope that everybody has a wonderful Christmas season, Uh, if you were celebrating Hanukkah, I hope you had a great Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, I don't know what it is, but hey, happy Kwanzaa to you, Uh, more power to you and all your crazy beliefs out there. Um, and, uh, when will I be back before New Year's or, or do I get to say the most fucking hated thing in my, oh, I do get to say it. I do get to say it. Oh, as family, remember that every room you walk in is better. Why? Because you are in there. And until I see you next year. <laughs> oh, Adios, ass family. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Hope you all have a great rest of the year. Swoosh, you too. Uh, and with that being said, I will say adios, everybody, and see you in 2023. Uh. It's Christmas time. I see the lines of people everywhere. Trying to pick out the gifts that show how much they care It makes me wish that I could see my friends on Christmas Day And fill my list with lots of gifts But I can only say here comes a Merry Christmas straight to you I hope it cheers you up when you are down and feeling blue Right or wrong, I'll sing my song And you will know just who sings a Merry Christmas straight to you Doubt the fire's not out, it burns for you today.
hope it cheers you up when you are down and feeling blue. You've been so kind, you've crossed my mind, and nothing less will do. Here's a Merry Christmas straight to you. Here comes a Merry Christmas, and to all who might have missed us, a very to beat the man, pal. I coined the phrase, I am the man. Woo! Diamonds are forever. And so is the Arnie State Show. Woo! You've been listening to the Arnie State Show at ArnieRadio.com. Stop it, stop it, stop, 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 stop talking. Um, I, I did just want to take a moment to thank everybody. Goodbye now. I am going to go get late. Goodbye. See you tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye. He's done. That's what's happened. It's over. He's finished. Law enforcement is outside waiting to arrest him.